Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It is going to be an amazing night tonight. I'm glad you are all here with us. It's been a a crazy week, I'm sure, for all of us. I'm just glad it's... uh, I'm glad it's Thursday so I can chill out, have some fun, relax with you guys. want to give out the number real quick in case, in case you'd like to call in and read. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call and read tonight. have some announcements I want. I think, no, I'm forgetting something. I, I always say that though, right? In fact, you know what? That's going to be one of your prompts for tonight. I always get, I'm going to give you more prompts later on, but grab a pencil and paper real quick because I want, yeah. You know, I, I think that I'm just going to have to finally, you know how accepting who you are is empowering, right? So I think that I am going to have to just own this and think like I am, I am the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm always going to be that person who is that person who thinks I'm going to be that person who thinks I'm always forgetting something person. So I'm, I'm just always going to think I forgot something. And sometimes I do it, but I'm going to be that, be that person. Anyway, so what person are you? I'm the person who is always going to think they forgot something. And that's just going to be me. That's me. I'm always going to think I forgot something. <laughs> and because of that, you guys should see how the way I pack for a trip. But anyway. Um, what person are you? Impromptu prompt. You are always the person that what? And owns something about it. It's a fun one. <sighs> Spur the moment inspiration. How can you not love it? All right. <laughs> First of all, if you'd like to put together a workshop with us, you can do so by shooting me a message. Probably on Facebook would be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you want to put together. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. Basically, it is all, you know, under the concept that we have all of something to teach and we all have something to learn from each other. All right. So just figure out what you'd like to do. You can pre-record these if you want to do them on your computer and send me the audio file. You can do these pre-recorded with me where we can have some interaction if you'd like. Start out with an interview of you or something like that and talk about what we're going to do or whatever. And then you can just take over from there. You can do a combination of pre-recorded and live. So if you want to do the pre-recorded part first and then when it was over, open up the lines to questions. You're welcome to do that. And, yeah, let me know what you want to have put together. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Next, I want to thank our sponsors. It's really important to let these people know who kind of does this year and helped us keep us on the air for uh, with sponsoring, helping to sponsor our 2020 broadcasting license. This, our 
going into our 14th year being on the air with you guys. I just want to thank you. It's really important that you're recognized. We have Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy-Hume. Thank all of you guys so much for stepping up to the plate and helping to cover our 2020 broadcasting license this year. Next thing I want to do is thanks to Agent 419. We have, uh, I think that's who it was. I think it was Shelly who talked about that. Anyway, so we are going to into our segment of the show called Inkwell Inspirations. So here I will be giving you some writing tasks. So make sure you have your paper and pen out. If you, uh, if I, if I get mixed up, get you mixed up, or get you confused, or or you didn't quite catch something on these, just remember that you can come back after the. Uh, second half, or excuse me, after the show's over, and you can listen to it in the archives. Alrighty? And, uh, yeah, write down whatever you missed. So, the first thing we're going to do is our journal assignments. And remember, journal assignments, I really want a journal and pen, paper, something along those lines in your hands. So, I want your hand, this this is intimate time with your pen, paper, brain. Slow down, think. What were you writing? So I gave you a journal assignment for the year. So I'm just going to touch on that real quick. Write a haiku every day for a year. Your year starts now. It doesn't have to be in January. Write a haiku every day for 365 days. If you miss a day, then just go to the next. Brush yourself off. Keep going. Don't make an excuse to stop. Write a haiku every day, 365 days. And uh, find, you know, the, the task of this is, first of all, just going out into your world every single day and finding something something worth 17 syllables in your day. You give so much of your brain to adulting. You can give the thought, you can give your brain 17 syllables every day. Find something every day and jot it down. It's only 15 syllables. Don't worry about it. You can come back and and fill in the other two at a later time. The the idea is just to get it done, to, to get it down on paper, to get the idea there. All right? Feed that side of you. Important. Next, we are doing your free writes. Now, one of the, one of the thing I always, for one of the things I hear the most when people talk about free writing is, I don't know what to write about. Well, that's basically the 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 concept of free writing is you just sit down and you write whatever is in your brain. So I decided that since that was the the biggest reason people told me they didn't do it, I was going to take that reason away from them. And let them learn how fun and how vitally important these free rights are to you as a writer. One of the most valuable tools you can do to grow. So your free rights. So what I've been doing is I've been giving you writing catalysts. And these are things that are meant to, you, you write the sentence on the top of the journal page and then you just keep writing. What you you write that thought down and then just go for at least ten minutes. And I don't care if at the end of it, you know, you're reciting the the spices in your cupboard. It doesn't matter what you write. It just matters that you have that pen moving. Okay. So we've taken been taking your writing catalysts. I've been taking those winning sentence in some of the greatest books ever written. 
And so your prompts have been, or your, excuse me, your, your uh, Rambo and Kallus have been the opening lines from some of the greatest books ever written. And this one, her novels are written. I'll say novels because it sounds so much cooler, you know. So this one is the, the opening line. What I want you to write at the top of your page is, this is the saddest story I have ever heard. And then just keep writing. Write that sentence. This is the saddest story I have ever heard. And go, boom. Whatever falls out of your brain next. Because I'm having to write this and I don't know what to write about. So I'm just going to write about anything. And so, oh, by the way, yeah, green tea really kind of sucks when you put licorice flavoring in it from the cover. I need spices. There you go. I don't care what you write. Just write. Ten minutes, starting with the line. This is the saddest story I have ever heard. And this is from the book, The Good Soldier, written back in 1915. All right. Next, your writing exercises. Your writing exercises are different than your writing, your, your journal assignments. Journal assignments are one-on-one time with your brain, quiet time, yoga pants time, right? This is put on your sweatpants and, and do some workout. This is your writing exercises. are meant to push you out of comfort zones, make you think about things in ways that you're not familiar with maybe, or you have to do some research on it. I don't know about this, so I'm, I need to learn. All of this is, remember, input. You have to have input to have output, right? Remember, important. Anyway, so what I'm going to do with your writing exercise this week is we are going to do, I just totally, see, this is where I have to go. I have to wait until the show ends so I can go back in the archives and listen to where I just was before I lost what I was saying. And then we will continue the show, guys. So just hold tight. We'll be back. Um, <laughs> writing exercises, pushing you out of your comfort zones, making you do things you wouldn't normally do. Do the uncomfortable. It's only in those places that you stretch yourself to that you're going to grow. Write something new, different. Become better. Become more. So your writing exercises are not always about writing. Sometimes they're about doing. Remember, this, is, this isn't about writing. A writing exercise isn't about writing. It's about pushing you outside of comfort zones. So the one that I gave you for the year is every single week, I want you to do something that surprises yourself or something you've never done before or walk down a different street than you've walked down or order a different flavored coffee, stand, pull into a different lane at the gas station. I don't care what it is, little things, you know, to as, as grand as you want to make them. But do one thing every single week, four times in a month. Just do something a little different. Something you normally wouldn't do. Do something surprising. All right, next thing, your writing exercise for the week. What I've been doing with your writing exercises or what we've been doing with the writing exercises is writing to scenarios. And this is kind of, I'm really, in a lot of these that I work with you guys on, I'm steering you away from writing poetry. And there's a reason for that, because I don't ever want your brain girdled into the thought that when you sit down in front of the, the desk, in front of the computer, if you pull out your journal, I don't want your brain to automatically be constricted and confined in the idea that it has to produce a poem. The poems that you write when you do that are going to be so much better if you take the time to do these other things 
you know, you want a lot funneling through that glass waste of your brain. Have all this stuff, new information, knowledge, stuff coming in. So I, I don't want you to have that pressure. Every time I sit down, I must produce a poem. You don't. You just have to write. You have to explore your brain. You have to explore thoughts. And you let your brain be a wild child. So with that said, I've been giving you scenarios. And I, I want you to write like a short story or maybe you have to get poetry-ish, <laughs> narrative prose, something along those lines. But I don't want you to overthink this, just like you with your free writes. So you do have to give it a little more structured thought than that, of course. Um, but just write. You know, write. And if you come to where a thing, just keep it, change track, keep coming. You know, how many times have you guys written poems where the beginning of the poem is nothing like the end of the poem, and you have to go through everything that you wrote and follow the yellow brick road until you can construct the poem at the end? Me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so, but I want you to write a story. I want you to just have fun with this and explore, you know, you can, you can go back into this story later and find the poem inside of it if you want. But if you get all that stuff out without, with, with, without boundaries, think of the pool you're going to have, the pool of idea and trains of thought you're going to have to follow when you construct that poem. I wrote one time, I wrote 20, and I've said this before, I think, someone, but I wrote 20, a 27-page, I had an idea, and I ran, and by the time I was done, I had 27 pages. When I finished with that, I had a 12-line poem. I have 27 pages of ideas. I was able to construct a 12-line poem that was, that was I, I thought was pretty awesome. Maybe I'll try to find it at some point and read. Oh, I'm supposed to read. No, I'm not. It's the first show of the month. Oh, I didn't say that. You guys didn't hear me. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, gosh, yeah, we, we will forget I said that. So anyway, you just, you want, okay. So anyway, all right. Scenario, writing to a scenario. What I want you to do <laughs> is I want you to write a story. Um, write a story about the cause and effect chain reaction of events caused by you writing the worst Amazon review ever. Okay. So there's your scenario. What happens? Now, all I'm giving you is the idea. You have to create the story in it, where to go, what to do. And then if you want to later, find your poem in it. But just have fun with it. So I want you to just sit down and write, because you're not just a poet, you guys. You're creative human beings is what you are. Poetry is something you favor. But you don't know that you're not an amazing sculptor until you stick your hands in clay. You don't know what kind of painter you are until you dip your brush in the paint. You don't know what kind of a dancer you are until you just let go to the wind. So you are creative human beings. Explore. Let, let, let yourself outside. So anyway, <laughs> right to this scenario of or write a story about the cause and effect. What was it? The cause and effect um, chain reaction of events. You know what? You, you write the worst Amazon review ever, and then what happens because you did that? You know that one. There's you've seen movies like that where that one act totally changed everything, and and it's a pinpoint that one thing. She looked up from her paper, or the pencil dropped, and boom, just 
that was it. That was the callus. That was a, the, the drop of of oil in the water, whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm a writer. <laughs> I get lost. In, sometimes I get ahead of myself when I'm trying to think about what I want to say. Anyway, so that's it. Cause and effect, chain reaction events caused by writing the worst Amazon review ever. Now, exercise number two is your pick apart a prompt. And this is to make you realize that what you do before you start writing is, I believe, more important than what you actually write. What you do with a prompt before you write is more important than what you actually write. We all have knee-jerk reactions. We all have muscle memory. And our brains are the exact same way. And we may not think we do this, but we do this. All of us do this. Only as programmed, you know, our brain is like a computer. You know, if we look up a whole bunch of stuff on gardening, there's going to be flower ads everywhere. Boom. That's because that's top of the mind awareness, right, in your brain. There's things you're automatically going to be drawn to when you hear a subject or you, you find something inspiring. You're going to have this instant pool. It's going to be that layer of oil on top of a mud puddle that looks like a rainbow. You all have seen it. You know, the black concrete, the mud puddle, that beautiful aurora borealis sheen. You know, those are, those are the things that we see. But what's underneath that? What's underneath that in the darker layers? You know, what's down when you get down to the grit in the, in the pavement underneath all that pretty shiny stuff on top? That's what I want you to explore when you write. So when I say pick apart a prompt, I want you to write the prompt at the top of the page. And then I want you to write a list, just start writing all the different ideas that prompt could be, all the different directions you could take it in, all the different types of poems you could write about it, all the different scenarios it could be, all the things it could be a, a metaphor for or a, you know, what all just explore all the different ways you could write about the prompt instead of actually writing to the prompt. And I promise that as you're doing this, something's going to grab you and you will, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. You will end up writing a poem from this because when you start pushing ideas like that, you are going to get to that one in the grip that clicks and you're not going to be able to not write. So it's a real fun way. You should do this anytime you sit down to write about something. Really find out, don't write. I mean, usually we write about, because we are a communal being, we write about a communal idea. And I, I may go into depth on explaining what I mean by that later, but it's kind of like Julia Roberts in the movie, you know, when she's trying to figure out what her favorite type of eggs is and she doesn't know, you know, and at the end of the movie, you know, she finally realizes I, I knew I liked eggs, but I liked what everyone else liked. And not even realizing she was doing it. But at the end of the movie, she she discovered what kind of eggs she really liked. You know, and so when you do this, when you, we all have that surface influences through the community that are very common and nurturing to us. But then we all have individual experiences that are much different. We all live on the same street, but we do not all live the same lives. So now all of a sudden, these all become different, these different layers. 
And then there's family history into it and personal interactions and outside influences. You add all those layers and all of a sudden when you dig down deep into those, you're going to find something that's uniquely yours. So, yeah, you guys are all writing about your street. But what you've written about is much deeper, is much more powerful, different, unique. Your voice belongs to you. It's not a poem that 50 other people have written in the same way. Really, really play with your words. Have fun with them. Make messy with your muses. Anyway, so your pick apart prompt for this week is, you ready? So begin. You'll write this at the top of the page, and then boom, just write as many ideas as you can think about. And if you think some of, of some next Sunday, pick up your journal. Write them in there. Just keep going. Keep going. You don't have to do it all at one whack. So the pick apart prompt is breath against glass. I am going to do your writing prompts. Just when I've turned you completely away <laughs> from writing poems and had you writing everything but poems, I'm going to bring you right back in and I'm going to have you write poems. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you four poetry prompts. So number your paper one through four. Okay. Then when you're done with these as a prompt, their intent is meant to have you write a poem at the end of this. <laughs> so they're like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into a poem. With that said, this can be, uh, the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem, or it could be just the general concept of the poem. All right. Is the splintered world. The splintered world. Or I usually don't like filler words, which is the, but or you know, just splintered world. Splintered world. Number two. Only the shallow night. Only the shallow night. Number three. Teaching the stone. Teaching the stone. And number four, wrap me in darkness. Wrap me in darkness. So once again, those can be the title of your poem. It can be a line in your poem, the general concept of your poem. You can write four different poems, one for each prompt. You can try to be really creative and use all four prompts in one poem. Or you can mix up the words and teaching the shallow night into wrap me in splintered world to only the stone, whatever, <laughs> you know, just, just play with them and have fun. You know, half the time, half the time writing that one of the, the biggest pleasures you get out of writing, I think is poking the beast, you know, taunting it, you know, and that's what these prompts are good for, you know, Poke your brain and say, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm, oh, yeah, you did that, I saw it, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm impressed you've done that before, can I do this, let me see you do this, no, 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 no. I want to see you do that balancing a fishbowl on your foot, well, on one standing with a handstand, you know, push yourself, have fun, play, 
give yourself permission to write like crap because you're going to find some really great things when you do. Not everything has to be beautiful and perfect when you sit down to write it. Have fun. Let your brain loose. Play with these. So once again, number one, the splintered world. Number two, only the shallow night. Number three, teaching the stone. And number four, wrap me in darkness. All right. Now, last week, I told you, we, we have retired the, uh, that's my line poetry prompt with the passing of Philip Kent Church. And by the way, yes, I am, I'm coordinating with his mother. And we're going to, to do that memorial show in honor of our very dear friend soon. So watch for announcements on that. Trust me, you'll have plenty of, plenty of time warning on that. I know some of you have written some poems for it. Uh, so the thing that we were going to replace with this is writing a response collaboration. And it's one of the things that I teach in, in one of the workshops that I do. And, but I didn't have time to get it all put together like I wanted to get it put together. So we're not, we're, I'm, I found an original, I always think that when a, okay, let's see if I can keep track on this. When I first started doing spoken word, I have a horrific fear of speaking in public. And when I was first asked, there was no way I was, gonna, I was going to do it. And the guy looked at me and he said, that's okay. Can we have someone else read some of your poems? And when he said that, it's like the hairs on the back of my neck just kind of cackled up. It's like, oh, hell no. Nobody else is reading my poem. And I knew, I mean, I just, it was too personal to me. I was not going to have someone. I knew at that moment that I was going to go on stage and I was so scared. Right. So I found any time that you can record your own piece, then I think that it's going to there's going to be an understanding in it that your voice paints as well as your words say that no one else could ever convey. I'm, I'm getting into workshoppy stuff here and I don't want, I don't want to get lost in all that because I may, may do that workshop with you guys someday. But anyway, back online. So. Um, yeah, I don't even know where we were. <sighs> we were doing my prompt too. <laughs> what what I'm doing is, um, yeah, we're not doing the response collaboration because I found a uh, audio track of. I, I'm going to read one of the a piece that I wrote as an example for this workshop, or this this uh, writing prompt. Uh, so I'm going to read my response to one, but I found a recording of the of the, the gentleman whose poem I wrote to. I found a recording of him reading his own poem. And so I'd much rather use that because I know that the best understanding of his poem is through his words, his voice. Because when he's saying the word, he's not just reading words. He's seeing the picture. Do when you when you perform your own poetry through your voice, you're also able to paint that picture that someone else who's just reading words could never do. So anyway, instead of doing that, because I want to make sure I get that uploaded to the show and I want to play that for you instead of me reading his piece, which is what I planned on doing, I'm going to give you a impromptu writing prompt for this week. And we'll start the writing collaboration when I get that all put together for you. So what we're going to do with this one, and I love abstract poetry. I think it's really fun. I think that it's like a mystery. 
you know, and maybe it, it pays to the paleontologist in me and the discovery and the, the whole, you know, Laura Croft brain I have sometimes when it comes to things. But I, I kind of like, I don't like things that are so esoteric that they only mean anything to one person. I like things that are written in such an esoteric way that makes it insanely deja vu-ish on the very far side of our our peripheral vision. You know, like it's 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 written in a way that we know it. All of a sudden, it's like what? Wait, huh? But at the same time, we're going what? Wait, what? And any of you who know what I'm talking about have know that feeling you get when you read poetry we've all connected and it's fun to write something that is like that and the dream poems is one that I have a lot of fun doing I think everyone should keep a journal beside their bed and when they wake up I don't care if it's written in the dark and you know in Chinese even though you and when you're in your wake life you don't write Chinese you anyway that's what half mine looks like half the time when I try to read it but write it down and then go back through your dream book and pull out different chunks of different dreams you've had over the last couple of months. You know, ten last ten years. Keep a dream book. You know, and and just it can be titled dreams, or it could be diet four forty two a.m. You know, where by the end of the poem, the title gives just enough clue to what the abstract meant. So by the time the reader gets to the end, they go, ah, I get it. That was genius, right? So this one that I'm going to have you do, because I'm really, really trying to push you into exploring the world around you, listening to that voice. When something catches your eye, your ear, when something stutters you, pay attention to what it is and ask yourself, why did that just grab my attention? What is it? Stand there and breathe the smell in. Watch the motion of something that caught your eye. Look at the color. Like say something red caught your eye. Why did it catch your eye? Look at its relationship to the things around it. These are all things that your unique voice inside you. That It's a place you never want to start, stop pushing to find. That true unique voice inside you. Okay. So anyway. What I want you to do is I want you to, it's, it's an exercise that's called seven days, seven lines, the end of the day. And you can do this throughout the day. I don't, I don't want you to have, I never, all of these, these things that I give you are just loose translations and whatever you interpret them into being at the end result. You know, they're just meant to push you brain. So, um, you know, just Take this and and run with it as you see. But anyway, seven days, seven lines. If you're writing seven lines in one day, then you still have to write your lines the next day. What I want you to do is I want you to write at least one one line or sentence every single day of the week at the end of each day. And I want you to write it, a line describes the day. Something that happened during the day, right? One line that describes the day. And the lines, of course, will all be a little bit abstract from each other, like I said, but that's the beauty of this type of poetry, the randomness of it, the fun of it. So at the end, 
you've got this poem on these abstract lines describing each day of your week. And then gives the reader just enough clue that they come to the conclusion like, that's seven days, that's a, that's a week. It's a week, they're talking about a weekday. All the abstract lines finally tie together at the end. All right, anyway, so one of the things that's really fun with this exercise is you can, you can, or prompt, excuse me. We're doing exercises or we on prompt. This is your prompt, prompts. Okay. So one of the cool things about this type of prompt is you can really play with it. You can, you can put like, remember, like I talked about pushing out of your, your comfort zones, pushing your brain, challenging it. So yeah, do this well, you know, juggling chainsaws. <laughs> Think of the variations that you could do with this. So seven days of the week, perhaps you could do variations where you write seven days For seven days, you write seven lines about an interaction you have with somebody every day. So the focus becomes a person that you see every single day for the seven days. You know, it could be your boss or coworker or the barista or bus driver. You know, so there you've got a poem that in chronological order details your interactions with your barista every day for a week. And by the end of the poem, you write it in a way that we understand that you know, however you do a sentence, day one, day two, well, it doesn't matter. Um, maybe it's a place you go past every day. So you write, you know, say, you know, I always think it's the saddest thing in the world when people say that they take the Staten Island ferry every, sing, ferry every single day and they don't notice the Statue of Liberty anymore. You know, so maybe it's something like that. You know, you pass the Statue of Liberty every single day for seven days and you pay attention to it. And you write about that, you know, that object. Would it all be the same every day? Think it every single day, making that object completely different. Or a different look or a different interaction. Someone's reaction to it, whatever it is. You know, something that you look at. Something that changes each day. You know, it's, it's exercises like these really get you to pay I guess, deeper attention to all the little details that live around us, the things that we as creative, creative beings already see more clearly naturally. We just do. And that's what pushes us. I, someone asked me one time, you know, why do you write? And it's like, because I see, I see this world and I don't understand why they don't get it. I know they're living in the exact same world I'm living in. I know they're seeing what I'm seeing, but they don't get it. They don't, why don't they get it? And, I think it's, I, I think I write to make them see what I see. In fact, I've actually got something that I've written about that. I think I've read it on here before. If I find it, that's what I'll, I'll read tonight if we have time with our callers. Um, if I can find it, I'll write a thing about that, how, you know why I write, why, what I'm trying to do when I write, what I'm trying to get to people to see, what I'm trying, what I'm trying to accomplish. Anyway, this really make you push. They make you push beyond your sight to, to it helps us hone the things that we see around us, our, our natural world that, that is so different than the world most people walk through. All right. It helps us hone that sight 
how we see that world into like a core of observation inkwell. And that becomes this invaluable place to draw inspiration from. You know, and I, I develop you know, your own unique voice in writing. And when I say that, I mean the difference of when you turn on the radio and you hear Rod Stewart, you know it's Rod Stewart. When you hear Michael Jackson, you know it's Michael Jackson. And when it's Sammy Davis Jr., you know it's Sammy Davis Jr. Very big fan. You know, there, there are unique voices. An artist, a painter, a, someone who writes music, a photographer, all of those pieces, all, all those different people have, can have these unique voices where if you look at something, you automatically know. That's Van Gogh. That's a Picasso. So pushing to develop that unique voice of your very own is so important. And these things really help you do that. So I hope you have fun with them. And then I guess that is it. Seven days, seven lines. Have fun. Pay attention all around you. If you missed any of these, you can come back and listen to the show and get them jotted down. All right. And get going from there. I'm going to speed things along because I've been talking a lot. I, I had a lot to say today. I'm sorry, you guys. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a track, but I'm going to pick a different track because the track that I did choose is rather long. So we're going to grab a shorter one here. Recording artists, and you would like to have your track played on the air, you can do so by uh, emailing me your audio track to the word that is in there, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Shoot me a message and give me the thing. We'll get uploaded to the show's library, your audio track, and we will go from there. I'm, tr- I'm trying to read as I am <laughs> as I am scrolling. I'm going to play, actually, I'm going to play a piece by Billy Collins, and I played this recently, but when I talk about unique voices, Billy Collins is one of my absolute favorite, favorite contemporary poets, one of my contemporaries. He does, to me, have a really incredible, unique voice. He's one of the, I mean, he's one of our top poets, poet laureate of everything. Uh, But one of the things I think is really special is that he also does poetry readings. And so imagine if we could sit down with Michelangelo and talk to him about one of his paintings, right? Imagine. Imagine hanging out with Poe while he's working on the poem alone and talking to him about it. It's kind of like what having these versions of spoken word of, po- of poets performing their own pieces are. And so if you're not a recording artist, try, do it. Have fun. You're in the privacy of your own home with a computer and a mic. You can play with them. Make them sound exactly the way you want. And, and just explore that side of them, giving them that breath of life. All right. So the, uh, with all that said, <laughs> the piece that I'm going to play is by Billy Collins. And it's called Litany. And I love this piece. We're going to play this. Then we are going to get to our callers. We'll be right back. Fora TV. 
the world is thinking. Here's a poem that um, I like to read, which is kind of another, it just connects with that one because it's uh, also stealing something from another poet. And a lot of this stuff goes on rather covertly that I'm not going to tell you about, but some of it, there are, there are different kinds of uh, thefts, and some of them are daylight, you know, daylight um, crimes, just op- you know, knocking over a jewelry store at noon, but another stuff is like a second story, guys. But this is very open. I, I take the two lines, first two lines of someone else's poem and rewrite it for them, which is, uh, this is, this is done out of courtesy, uh, to, when you see a poem that doesn't seem to get, you know, that seems to fail, you can just rewrite it and, and, and improve upon it that way. So, so this is a, uh, I came across this love poem in a magazine and uh, it's a series of, um, comparisons in which, uh, the poet um, relies on a very uh, ancient um, device in, in, in Western love poetry, uh, at least dating back to the Middle Ages, which is to compare the beloved to various things in the world, and therefore, by flattering her, so your eyes are like stars and whatnot, you, um, you make headway. And um, the... Um, so he, uh, his poem really is a wheel-spinning exercise in these kinds of comparisons, about 40 lines of just the same stuff. You're like, you know, this, you're this and that. So he begins by saying to the uh, beloved, um, he says, you are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. Litany. You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. You are the dew on the morning grass and the burning wheel of the sun. You are the white apron of the baker and the marsh birds suddenly in flight. However, you are not the wind in the orchard, the plums on the counter, or the house of cards. And you are certainly not the pine-scented air. There is no way you are the pine-scented air. It is possible that you are the fish under the bridge, maybe even the pigeon on the general's head, but you are not even close to being the field of cornflowers at dusk. And a quick look in the mirror will show that you are neither the boots in the corner nor the boat asleep in its boathouse. It might interest you to know speaking of the plentiful imagery of the world, that I am the sound of rain on the roof. (laughs) I also happen to be the shooting star, the evening paper blowing down an alley, and the basket of chestnuts on the kitchen table. I am also the moon in the trees and the blind woman's teacup. But don't worry, I am not the bread and the knife. You are still the bread and the knife. You will always be the bread and the knife, not to mention the crystal goblet and somehow the wine. I just, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that man's poetry. Oh, wait, got to turn it down. Turn it down. There we go. Okay, shh, we have so, yeah, just an amazing poet. If you guys don't know his work, you should. 
Billy Collins. You can Google him, YouTube him, read his work, get his books. A phenomenal, phenomenal poet of our time. And it's really funny, too. That's one of my favorite pieces of his. Um, but if you go to YouTube and you type in litany and the number three, there is a video of a three-year-old boy who has completely memorized that poem and performs it for you. It is the most endearing, amazing, coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. And it was really funny in the comments, someone left a comment about her house being messy in the, you know, there was stuff laying around the house, toys and stuff all over the, you know, laying in the background of the house and made a comment about, you know, you'd think you could at least clean, have fine time to clean your house. And it's like, you know, excuse me, you just sat and, and taught your son, three-year-old son to memorize litany, let the dishes go. But it's a precious, incredible, inspiring thing to see. So type in litany and the number three on YouTube and you'll see Billy Collins litany read by a three-year-old boy video. It's just the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. All right, next. The number to call in, 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are called in, remember that we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 419 is our first caller for the night. So listen for your telephone area code. When we bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there into the world without uh, people knowing who's reading it. The next thing you can read, let me take a look at the lines. Da, da, da. You can read two poems right now. If the lines get much fuller later on, we may have to cut that back to reading just one. But right now you're, you know, you're good for reading, you know, two normal poems or one longer poem. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Even those of you who write epic poems or haikus know what I'm talking about. Okay. So anyway, yeah, two normal poems, one little bit longer poem. You'll be good to go. Do you want to let area codes 503-757-815 and 609 know that you are not in the lineup. So if any of you would like to come on the air, please press one. And that will let us know to bring you on. Again, that is 503-757-815. and If you guys want to read on the air, please press 1. And we'll be able to bring you on. If you're here just hanging out listening, thanks for being here. If you change your mind anytime, press 1. And that will let me know that you would like to come on and join us. So done reading. Make sure you give out your URL. And then... Uh, Make sure that you remember to uh, abide by the mature rating on our show. Our show is mature rating, not an adult rating. So, you know, you're, you're bound to hear just about anything here with the exception of porn poems. You know, we, we don't do the super graphic adult poetry here because of our rating. But there are some great shows if you, you know, out there. In fact, that is one of the only genres of poetry you can make a living at doing, by the way, folks. I don't know if you knew that or not. Look it up, true fact. Google would not lie. That writing erotica is like, you know, the, the most profitable form of poetry out there. Anyway, so yeah, no porn poems other than that. You're good to go. Go ahead and grab our first caller. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three. We have 719, 219, and 731. You're going to be our first three callers tonight. Let's go ahead and grab 719. Are you with us? I think it's 419, but yes. Or 419. I'm sorry. I told, I'm dyslectic. You guys don't believe me. 
I'm dyslexic <laughs> with numbers. So her number is 419, but the next number in it, the series is seven. So that's where I got the seven. My, I just, my eyes scramble numbers. It's weird. Go ahead. Hi, honey. Hi, how are you? I am doing amazing. It's good to hear from you. Well, I've been in kind of a funk, and I wrote this piece tonight after coming home from the store. And uh, people might not agree with me, disagree with that, or I, I just want to, like, voice my voice, and I'm fine, and I'll be okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I asked loud. my sister, is it really... Well, I asked my sister, is it really called poetry or is it like a rant or is it a poetical rant? Does it have a poetical twist? Like, because I'm just so upset with like the whole world right now. And that's basically after going to the store tonight and witnessing stuff is what this piece is about. So maybe people can relate. Maybe they can't. So um, I entitled it 2020 because really that's where we're in is 2020. (laughs) Um, Each and every day I find my life growing lonelier. The walls constructed The walls that confine are crumbling down around me. I'm trapped within. So much of life happens without our control. We oftentimes end up losing sight. Trying to keep my faith, daily I pray, as the walls around me continue to fall. Trying to be in tune with the world that evolved. Trying to be. But my truth, my reality, seeing all these people, witnessing the acts of conformity, just fucking suffocates me. I cannot breathe any longer, wanting to get away, to run as fast as I can, but to where? The whole damn world is foreign to me now. I have never been a conformist, nor will I ever try to be. I live my life daily, as I have continued for all of these years. All of this hype, I just don't get it. We all die, for Christ's sake. What do they not get? The virus is so much more sinister than anyone can ever imagine. The Antichrist is in the air, spreading more hatred and anarchy. The very violence that walked upon our streets in a country that used to be free. I was called a dick because I don't wear a mask. There is a war against our own people. I blame the media for this, for all the bullshit propaganda that can spread faster than the hate. How is it that some people are okay with killers that rule, that walk among us, that some pay homage to? We are all of their fools. This started out way before they took God out of schools. Look at the youth of today, destroying property and lives like it doesn't matter. Yet, that is okay? Parents perpetuate the hate. They are part of the blame. Life as we know it will never again be the same. The devil struts candidly in sheep's clothing. The tongue is vile. The heart is blackened. This is a world I would rather not live in. Our society is poisoned. The contamination is a people exploiting a disease so it better suits them. Respect is lost. Seldom taught. No one cares for others anymore. Selfishness runs rampant. Humanity, oh, the throes of it, has always been so ugly to me. And now my sights are becoming more clear. I was right. And rant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ranting poetry is not a new concept. I just had so much emotion when I came out of that store today. Like, people looked at me funny because I didn't have a mask. And everybody had a mask except for three people. And I looked at those three people and, like, they are just living their life like I did. Like, I know I'm freaking almost 45 years old, and I'm not going to conform. And I just, like, I get looked at pun- funny, and everybody else is. But then I'm called a dick because I don't wear one. If you want to wear one, I don't call you an ass because you got one on. But I just, I'm sick of the whole freaking thing. It's a war amongst us, like our, our own people. That's what's sad about it. So, it's, it's really it's really amazing the things that 
you know, something like this going on in our society, the way people handle it, the way they react, you know, each of us, each of us just, you know, deal and process with it in different ways. You know, in in my opinion, in my opinion, I would make you this beautiful mask with your personality and give it to you to wear because I love you and I would not want anything to ever happen to you. I've lost enough people I love and care about in my life. So I would want you to be safe just in case. But you not wearing it gives me a perspective of, of just how emotionally taxing this is, how frustrated people can be, how, you know, it has separated. It's almost like segregated mask wearers from non-mask wearers, you know, to the people who have hooked on, hooked on their shirt for show. And, you know, there's just, it's just like how I I watched, I'm watching the, the population separate itself through, you know, their relationship with, with what's going on for the pandemic. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you know, that, that, uh, Homer. Viruses, viruses. You know who the poet is, Homer. Isn't it nothing new? <laughs> no, I'm changing the subject to something different, though, because I said that first, that, that ranting poetry is something very ancient. And Homer was the mm-hmm. first poet, by the way, that mm-hmm. was recorded writing something that was considered rant poetry. And that's where he, um, you know, where Homer catches uh, Zeus complaining in the Odyssey, you know, complaining, uh, mortal men have always been, uh, some, what was it? Mortal men have always put the blame upon us gods or something along that line, you know, but it's, you know, it's, you, you are, you are practicing a very ancient and long, long used tradition of poetic style there. <laughs> so did, did well. I think, um, you know, in a way, too, I am, I'm a total realist. I have been a realist my whole life. I don't sugarcoat shit. I don't believe in fairies and unicorns. I see the world how it is. And, I like, we all have our own vision because God gives us each our own eyesight. Some people might see blue. Some people might see black. I get it. Um, but, I mean, my husband died of cancer. And I just, I can't see my 94-year-old grandma because of this COVID, but yet they can have funerals with thousands of people. They can have rioters with thousands of people. And I can't see my 94-year-old grandmother. Um, I'm a little bit pissed off about this world and the way it's going. So like, it's, it's taking the family value, and it's just shattering it is what it's doing. And it's making people hate people because of it. So I just, I just hate the hatred. I hate what's out there. Uh, I'm going to be living in my own life, in my own little bubble, and be happy with that like I have been for all these years. <laughs> so... It's just what I noticed today with, you know, people call me that, and I got attacked because I stuck up for my right. I'm not a dick because I don't wear a mask. It's my choice. It's my life. If I freaking die, let me die. <laughs> I just, I just, everybody has a choice. It used to be a free country. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and say it you did, my darling. But the fact me a is, favor. viruses have been I'm around good. for years. But when they politicize something and make it all about an agenda, whichever side you're on, it doesn't matter. Because I hear it from both sides. But when they do that, that's the most harmful thing to the American people. That's worse than the virus. I'm sorry. Um, I do have one more if you want me to read it. It's a short one. <laughs> I don't write short poetry. And it's kind of, um, it just states some of the things that I just said, but in a different way, not like maybe it's mad. <laughs> if you want me to. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, 
Let there be peace. Let freedom ring. Let the love of our brothers make our hearts want to sing. Let the world turn colorblind. Let the hatred stop. Let man love another. I'm sick of this disease. It is a sickened society. Social media is an atrocity. Let freedom ring. Let the truth set us free. Somewhere up above, there is a God looking down, tears falling from his face. Remember, he was killed by angry people, the biggest injustice of all. Yet no one abides or believes. Masses of asses fill our TVs, spun by the anti-president campaign. And it's all okay, all the hate. The hell it ever should be, not the society I once believed in. People are so full of hatred, the devil walks among them. Starting fires, looting, shooting, even murdering too. What makes them any better or different, proving they are not? Parents who didn't teach their children, now look at what we got. A societal problem of degenerates and fools. They are the experiments of social media tools. And peace. You know, that's always been a really big debate for me. You know, you're talking about children who are taught and, you know, this this era of social media tools and all of that. I think back in the olden days, you know, when, when parents in communities, you know, small communities, because you didn't have, you know, you couldn't travel long miles. You know, you couldn't, didn't have phones. You didn't have TV. You didn't have ways of, of communicating with the next town over until you jumped on a horse and ran for three, for, you know, for three days to get there. It didn't spread as fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the way we were taught and our core values and what we believed was taught to us by our parents. They, Mm -hmm. what, what they believed, we believed, you know, very seldom did you, did you believe something different because you had no basis of comparison. That was what you grew yep. up with, exactly. Yeah. No you know, it's, it's like if you were a man on a deserted island and been deserted there your whole life, and a woman walks on the island and she's 97 years old, and it doesn't matter, she's still going to be the most beautiful woman you've ever seen until you have something to base that comparison on. So at that moment, that is the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. So you look at you look at kids and they were mainly taught by their parents their grandparents or communities but now our children are being raised with every idea in the world at their fingertips and i can no longer trust that the values i'm trying to instill in a child are going to be my values because they're not just getting them from me anymore they're also getting them from here right. and here and here and here. So many places are having stuff input into. And I think that that's why it's so important for us to pay attention to what our children are learning, what they're listening to, what they're hanging out with. You know, let them have that freedom to explore the world on their own. But also, you know, no. You know, some of these things kids have been doing lately, some of these things happening, you know, there, there's a clue my somewhere. Big thing is, my big thing, Nyla, is the respect factor. Because if you respected human life, you wouldn't be out shooting people. You wouldn't be out killing people. You wouldn't be murdering people. You wouldn't be treating people unless you want to treat them like how you want to be treated. Respect. But respect is not something we're born with. It's what we're taught. And if you can't respect your own parents, you can't respect, you know, your, your teacher. You can't respect your coach. You can't respect people. We can't respect the president of the freaking United States. How are we going to teach that to children? Look at what we're doing. Look at what our society, everybody's to blame. Everybody I'm really glad that my kids are older now so that I don't have to teach them anything about what's going on in politics right now. Yeah, 
I, I'm really glad all my teaching was done before this happened. All right, do me a favor, Agent 419, Miss Shelley, tell everyone how they can find you. Um, I am on Facebook at Poetical, not Political, please. Like, I try to stay away from that as much as I can, but I do have an opinion like everybody. Um, Poetical (laughs) Intrigue, I post my poetry. Um, I haven't posted in a bit, um, going through a lot of personal stuff, but um, I plan to get some of the stuff out here. But, yeah, I try to not like poetical stuff. But, like, tonight, I just couldn't help it when I see all the math and I get ridiculed for not. And uh, where do we have our freedoms? (laughs) Every day it's getting taken. But, yeah, no, save it for a different show, right, Nyla? You have a wonderful night, and thank you for letting me on. You're very welcome, sweetheart. Love you dearly. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. You're welcome, babe. Bye. 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 All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Hey, how you doing? This is Brother O on the line from me, Chicago, Indiana. It is Brother O. How are you, my sweetheart? It is good to hear from you. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm I'm getting a little, I don't know. I'm getting, a, I, I, I need to do something. I don't know what I need to do. But I need to do something, and I need to figure out something I can do where I'm safe doing it and keeping others safe while yeah. I'm doing it. And but I'm I'm going a little stir crazy. I'm I'm getting. Right. You ever got to a place where you're almost you realize you're almost comfortable with complacency? Yes, you know, I, I have. Sit, I was sitting there the other day, and I really I thought about it, and it's got, I really haven't done a whole lot of anything today. I had stuff to do, but I really didn't do a whole lot of anything. Right you know, that I should have done, yes. got done. And that's not normally the way I am at all. And and I thought, wow, you know, too lost in my own head or something. I need to get out. <laughs> I need to go do right. something. Yeah. You guys help. You guys help that fog head place. <laughs> that's why this is oh, important. This you. is nice. This is nice being able to spend time together every week and share and, and do a gathering, you know, as intimate as this is. Without actually yeah. being face to face and with all this stuff going on. All right. What you got for us, Sunny? Uh, this this poem is called uh, Racism is very much alive in world in America. Part two. Part one back back eight years ago, this is part two. Talking about what's going on today. War the years after my African ancestors arrived here on America's shorelines via slave ships, I am constantly reminded of the cruel realities of systemic racism being practiced in United, these United States of America. No matter how much progress that my people have achieved here in this country, racism is very much alive and well in these United States of America. Systemic racism is ingrained and embedded in the fabric of American society. It gives whites and and the wealthy unparalleled access to privileges and rights that you and I, the middle class, are denied solely because of either our race, ethnicity, or economic class. No matter how much success, fame, and wealth I may achieve as a black man or 
or a black woman, my counterpart in this country, I still have to deal with the harsh and cruel reality that racism is very much alive and well in these United States of America. Of course, they try to say that slavery was officially abolished 155 years ago by the 13th Amendment. And I supposedly was freed on Juneteenth. However, if you really read between the lines, brothers and sisters, and really study the 13th Amendment, you'll discover that we gained our freedom in 70 cases where crime has been committed and and that person has been subsequently convicted of that crime, therefore establishing a modern-day jail and prison system. Translation, 21st century version of plantations where the widespread practice of privatization has resulted in nearly one million of my brothers and sisters being locked up on parole or probation. Racism is very much alive and well in these United States of America. Of course, they try to tell us that this country is the ultimate land of opportunity, where everybody has a chance to achieve the so-called American dream, where people from every nationality can get along and coexist with each other, with the great intentions of living with one big happy family. The reality of this situation is racism is very much alive in one of these United States of America. Now, how can you proudly fly the flags of the Confederacy? and display statues and the star reminders of slavery in the Civil War. Yet it is illegal to display the Nazi flag which symbolizes the Third Reich's reign in Nazi Germany. And display statues of Adolf Hitler who was a diabolical mastermind behind the final solution to the Jewish question that led to the mass extermination of six million Jews in concentration camps throughout Europe in World War II. Racism, racism is very much alive and well in these United States of America. The celebrity apprentice of Bozo in the White House and his band of vast clowns in his administration are a bunch of looney tunes who cause and promote divisions among every line you may think of. They don't give a damn if hundreds of thousands of, of American people die from COVID-19. They don't give a damn if we're getting... If this country is seeing 50 to 100,000 cases a day now, particularly in states in the South and the West, or do they care about trying to declare Obamacare Constitution in the middle of a pandemic? They only care more about what's in your pocket. They more care more about the stock market and the performance of the economy than the overall health of the American people. Now, Donald John Trump, is our constant reminder that racism is very much alive and well in these United States of America and poem. Awesome job, sweetheart. Got some hey, uh, strong words going on tonight. You know, it's one of the things I would say that if we don't, you know, it's, it's important that it's always he said, she said, and the truth lies in the middle, you guys, no matter what. You know, you look at right. you look at any topic, and everybody's going to have an opinion on that topic. But not everybody's a liar that doesn't believe your your views. 
You know, you stand one person on right. one street corner and the other one, the opposite street corner, and you have an intersection, an accident happen in an intersection, and the cops interview each of those people, they're each going to have a different yeah, story. But neither one of them is lying. They just saw the they saw it from a different perspective. You know, and you have to remember that about our differences when we can look at their what they say and what they say and they say, and you find a meeting in the middle, but you find out what the actual truth is. You know, so so yeah. Wherever I was going with that. Yay. (laughs) I I got lost. So do me a favor, sweetheart. Yes. Tell everyone how to find tell everyone how to find you. Oh, evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh you can find me on Facebook on Omar Brother Orgasm. And uh you can check out what I have going on, uh my original quotes and posts on black history every single day. And uh as always thank you for your support every week. On Speakeasy Cafe. Oh, we appreciate you, Brother O, important part of our family. Thank you so much for taking the time and being here tonight. You're welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We will talk to you next week, love. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. You know, it, it's really funny listening to Shelley read her poem and then brother O read his poem and both of them basically writing about loosely the same topic, but both of them almost from a, almost from a different perspective, but how much there was actually, you know, when you got down to the core of the issue, how much they were actually the same, how much their opinions were the same. Again, from different perspectives. It's really interesting to me. I love what we do. All right. So anyway, next. <laughs> Area code 431. 431, you are on the air. I better be 731 because I just got unmuted. Why? Why do I do that? What's wrong with me? Because you're dyslexic. That's crazy. I don't do that with letters. Why? Yes, you do. You just don't realize it. Oh. You've seen that thing. You've seen that thing people send around on the Internet. And, like, if you can read this, you're one of the very unusual people, and you read the whole thing, like, in seven seconds. You're one yeah. of those people. You're dyslexic. Yeah. Oh. You know what you didn't read? What? Didn't read the message I sent you on Facebook Messenger, which will give you a link and a picture. It has something how do to do you with what know I'm that I didn't – how do you know I didn't read it? You just now did because I'm looking over your shoulder. Oh, damn it. I was trying to be slick. It didn't work, did it? Yeah. How do you like that reflection <laughs> on the wall? My buddy, Eugenia, she writes haikus, a lot of them. She has a huge following, okay? Like, this post has got like 80 clicks on it. People liked it. It's got 27 comments, okay? Well, she writes her poem, and I riffed it. And she ripped me back. You talk about just, man, my heart swelled up seven times. So if you look <laughs> at the picture, it's mountains in the background, it's water, it's trees in the middle, okay? Mm-hmm. You think she's writing about the picture. She never writes about the picture. 
okay, here's what here's what we did. Beginning with Eugenia. Moon tides ebb and flow. Dreamy thoughts yawn in my mind. My pace heeds caution. I responded. Weighted portions coming and going in stride. Epiphanies emerge in their own time and space. Depictions appear to surge, then run and hide. Parody, parity append as if they own the place. And Eugenia closed with, in the entitled, mingled worlds lack passion. History has no guilt. In pieces. Oh, I love that line. I'm writing it down. There you go. Don't you ever read? Do you ever hear something that somebody's written, and 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 just like beat the shit out of your brain for not thinking of it first because, you know, and and you'd almost be willing to duct tape them and put them in a closet forever so you could steal that line. Have you ever felt that way? Eight or ten times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. History has no guilt. That's one of those lines. She has written one of those lines. Thank you, Eugenia. Not, yeah. you're, you're making me making me a serial kidnapper. <laughs> to, to get to her site, and she posts a lot. She networks like no one I've ever seen. It's the HTTPS dots and slashes, and it's a m a n p a n dot com. I'm in pun. A man pun. I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't know what it stands for. I've never asked her. I really should ask. She lives down in Atlanta, I believe. She did it one time. Ammon Pan? Could be. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, put that in your uh, in your chat room. Just put that link to her poem, Unhurried. That would be really awfully sweet of you. I appreciate it. Thank I you. already did it. Good. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's my offering for the night. I, um, I was ready in case we did our tribute, so I try to stay ready. That's why, that's why I sent you what I was going to do in an email. So no matter where I'm at, I can pull up the email to you and I'll have it in front of me. That works. So now, so there's I, a method to your madness. Now I know. I'm not mad. I'm not even angry. <laughs> I'm not even frustrated. Oh, oh. Thank you for sharing that, love. Okay. All right, y'all have a great evening. I'm going back to work. I'll be listening did, for a while. Did you want to share a second one? Um, um, I don't really have a second one. Do you need a second one? Are you short people? No, but if you want to read a second one, you can either do one now or you can welcome to call back in and read a second one. Yeah, if I be call back in, I'm really at work. This is kind of like my lunch hour. Calling in. <laughs> Well, yeah, in the bathroom, right. there's, there's great acoustics there. There you go. Anyway, let's uh, call it a night. you got plenty of people. It's a holiday weekend, too. Happy July 4th. Happy Independence Day or or happy Canada Day a day or so ago. So there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. With it. 
lot to be thankful for. It's really Thank you, exciting. honey. I'm downtown. I went out. I went out to charge up my phone. And had to crank the truck and everything. When I was out there, like two or three times, it was like a guessing game. Somebody shooting firecrackers or shooting at me. I don't know which one of these. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, I need to hurry up. I need to hurry up get this phone charged before it gets dark. <laughs> funny. All right. Go. Now, now all of a sudden, I'm I'm hearing dual but dueling banjos or something. You know, this that's just not good. Why? Because your accent. Oh well, I'm in a town of a hundred thousand people. It's dueling <laughs> banjos here. There's lots of folks. Even in, a, even in a big city, they still have some place called Bumfucking or corner Bumfucking. You got a pretty mouth. There's, there's well, still that street corner somewhere, everywhere. <laughs> Did I just say that in my out loud voice twice? <laughs> I, I, I listen to a lot of banjo. A lot. You know, yeah. Right. Did you listen? To, did you listen to the Sarah? Did you listen to the Sarah Rose video? I you? Not yet. I did not, but I am in front of my computer for the next few hours, so I bet you I do. Okay. Okay. All right. I got to go. All right, Michael. Love you, hon. We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right. Comes from area code 718. 718. You are on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? It's Jim Hart. Hi, Jim. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, okay. Getting by. It is very good to hear from you. You sound good. Oh, thank you. Um, I have two short poems. Uh, first is a precise dictionary. Staring into empty wallet, the full realization of unemployed, imitation black leather staring back at him, realizing for first time in his 55-year-old life that no means so many things beyond denial. That was phenomenal. Thank you. That was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Second one is lies my father told. He kept a diary. Who would have thought it of a tough old guy like him? It reflected his strength, his wit, and his gentle irony. It was several journals, actually, entries in the later years of his life. Although the pages were dated, I can tell from living at home that there were periods of time unaccounted for. I read them after he died, carefully, slowly, trepidatious as to what I'd find. In death, as in life, I found he was a bigger man than his frame, never writing a bad word about one of his boys. Wow. That was... I'm such a fan of yours. Jim, oh, you're you. just amazing. You are absolutely amazing. Thank you. That's very kind of you. You're very, very welcome. You're very welcome. Do me a favor, sweetheart. 
And thank you for the emails. I don't know if you saw the. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> tell everyone how they can find you, baby. I am on Facebook under Jim Hart. I uh, can also find, I have two poetry collections and two uh, noir detective novels on Amazon. Uh, and, you know, they're also on any of the uh, digital downloads, like Smashwords and Kobo and all of those. So uh, that's how to find me. Perfect. All right, you guys, make sure you go check him out. Check out the books he has available. And you're awesome, sweetie. Love you. We appreciate you Thank so much. You. Have a good night. Bye. All right, Jim. Great job tonight, baby. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Absolutely incredible poet, Mr. Jim Hart. All right, next caller, 216. 216, you are on the air. Two one six, are you with me? Two one six. All right, I'm going to go ahead and mute two one six. Two one six, if you could hear me, check and make sure that you are not muted, and I will uh, come back and check with you after I bring our next caller. Unless I'm suddenly having issues with the board, we'll see. Six three one, you are on the air. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Nana. <laughs> Spicy. Yes. How are you, sweetheart? It's been a long time. It's so good to hear you. I'm okay. Um, that is. I have a piece I wrote like five years ago, and it's so prevalent today. Okay. It's, it's cool. Um, they are not coming home. Dear police, seeing how your past or seem to run into mine so I don't un- understand how we keep running into each other. Your methods are harsh to a common man like myself. You say you aren't bothered by my color. As I look around, I am noticing that a lot of my brothers are missing. And I am wondering where... They are, do you know, watching the news, there is no information about them. Looking in a newspaper, nothing. Do you know what the common threat is? Focusing on the catches. Of what you think sometimes you think that, that you can convince me that I was 
that it was their fault. Now, I know my brothers can be mischievous, but I realized that they wouldn't let me ask this of you. You had any children? If yes, think of how we feel when we find out we're not coming home. If, if I cut myself, what color is my blood? Or should I test your imagination to see what appears in the sight? So many things of my appearance. How difficult is it to look a little further to see the heart? It it wasn't teased by the recent cold. as 
myself, you know, whether you come out of a bag on me, that's on you. But I'm going to look into the forthcoming fallacies that have been brought to somehow you place me in this old wives tale. I just think your heart your heart heart stories of the Boogeyman has this time. Now it's time for you to relinquish this title. Stop feeling your out your nonsensical solutions. But I need you to to get to the bottom of your play and and me some solutions, no gimmicks involved. The things of yesterday, yesteryear, don't apply to any others. They seem to be babies that you have this, this ongoing pus oozing. This needs to be linked with a scalpel right now. Can you simply give me any real facts why they aren't coming home? As as many times as I find myself anticipating your world intentions answers. It still doesn't answer mine. Why are my boys coming home? I did did fail to get the the call or get notice in the or get notice in the mail. Did the leaders go out? And you did not include me because of my youth. I think that I I told you I don't do big naps and broomsticks. Why do you insist on putting me in my place after all the fighting we did before? You know, I'm tired of people seeing people swing because you have been negligent in your. I have a question for you. Why aren't my boys coming home? And peace. Super, super strong peace, Spicy. I have really missed having you around and having you read and share. That was phenomenal. I love I love the way the message of how hate hate is hate and prejudice is you know, it's a cancer. You know, it's and, and we are all responsible 
to stop it at, at its core, to stop it. At, it's like a forest fire. We're all surrounded. You know, there's this forest fire and we're all surrounding it. And we alone cannot put out that forest fire. We aren't strong enough. We just physically, we cannot stop it. And we know that, I think. But if we understand that we are responsible for every ember that lands at our feet, and if we stomp it out, each and every one of us, and don't let it go past us, then we are part of the whole solution. And what you do is important because if everyone else is stomping it out, hun, and you don't, or that person doesn't, or this person doesn't, then that fire is going to keep going. It's going to break the boundary. It's going to go. You know, it's each up to each of us to stomp out those things that are socially unjust, them not break the line, not let them go further, not let them grow. It's I think it's our responsibility to do that. And I love that message throughout that whole piece. You know, I love the line where you talked about, you know, and, and it's a very, a very, I don't know what the right word is, a very common perspective of you know if if i cut myself what color is my blood we all bleed the same color you know and i think that that's you know that's a huge message and i think the fact that there's a very well-known sentiment adds that much more impact to you using it in the poem like you did but i mean think about it if we walked into the grocery store and every single box in there was a plain stark white box. All the boxes were the same size. All the line, the shelves were lined. Same box, no words, no nothing. Plain white box, same size, same shape. Inside it was the same. And we're walking around with our grocery cart trying to decide what to get. But everything in there is the same. The world is like that grocery store. You know, yeah. when you walk in and you see all the colors and all the smells and all the different things, that's the people of the world. And no, this one over here may not go well with that one, but those two go together really good. And it's just this huge, huge place. Differences are celebrated. You know, you don't have to look like my box. Your contents doesn't have to be like my contents. But you can sit next to me on the shelf. You know, just don't get chocolate in my peanut butter, peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> oh, wait, two great tastes. Tastes great. This one, um, you know what I'm saying? Just a really strong piece, Spicy, and it was really good. It's, it's good to hear you here. It's good to have you share and a real strong, strong piece to bring in. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Do me a favor, my darling love, who you've been calling in. You've been calling the show. I, in fact, I knew you before the show started. Do you realize that? Yeah, I have. I knew I've known you longer than this show's been on the air. That's crazy. So much respect for you, sweetheart. Please. In fact, I got a piece that you and Diamond J did together on the switchboard. I think I'll close the show with that tonight. Okay. That would be good. I'll let everybody hear that. I think that you wrote Thank it and you. Diamond J performed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll find that one. Okay, so tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. I'm on Facebook, the post slash G-A-N-I-N-E, Turner, N-E-R, 
and no more Google. And I put all my info in the chat room. You're awesome. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Great job tonight. I love you so much, and it's so good to hear from you. That makes me so happy. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, hon. We'll talk to you next week if you're able to call in. Okay. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye, sweetheart. So I have a piece that she wrote, and uh, Diamond J recorded for her called Something Beautiful Still Remains. And we're going to close the show with that for her. It's been a long time since we've heard from her. All right. Our next caller comes from, oh, we got to check and see with 216. 216, are you with me? 216. I know I'm saying the numbers right because I'm running the cursor over them. 216. 216, you're on the air. And they're still not there. I'm not sure what's going on. I cannot hear them. 216, are you with me? I heard a strange noise on the mic. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and mute them again, and we'll come back and check again with them. Sometimes I put people to sleep. It's true. It's a true story. I really wish I could tell you it wasn't a true story. All right, our next three callers, let you know where you are. We have 609-757 and another 757. We have two 757s. So the first one is 757 Eight, and the second one is seven five seven five. There you go. All right, so let's grab six oh nine. Six oh nine, you're on the air. Good evening, Nada. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you, sweetheart? I'm I'm excellent. This is Paul Sampson, aka Divine Inspiration. It is very good to hear from you. It is very good to hear from you. It's good to be heard from with all the insanity (laughs) going on these days. (laughs) So, so can I I just like, can I just call you like Mr. Divine? You can call me whatever you want. Yes, you can call me whatever you want because I know it wouldn't be too out there. I think that you need to get, I think that you need to get license plates for your car that say that Mr. Divine. D D V I N E M R D M R D I That's seven that's seven letters to go on a yeah, yeah. license plate. Mr. Divine. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Divine. All right. What you got I'm, going on I'm, tonight, I'm, sweetheart? I have a piece tonight that is being debuted and it's inspired by and dedicated to one of my nieces, Stephanie First Lady Cat. She's, this is her, she's just diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer. And I was with her when she got the diagnosis. And we talked, and I just asked her, what are you feeling? What, what are the thoughts going through your head? So I wrote this piece as if I were her, in her presence. I'm trying to describe what she is going through. And I'm going to do other parts of this piece as we go through this journey together. But this is a piece called Numb and Petrified. Or Die. 
It's over. This is my end. God is calling me home. Panic manifested itself. This, the result of a phone call received while shopping at ShopRite one day. That was the beginning of life as I knew it, changing in the blink of a minute. Thrust into limbo, my thoughts and emotions violently erupted into a whirlpool of disconnecting synapses of fear, helplessness. Realizing where I was, foolishly tried to stop the tsunami of tears demanding to be released. But my Uncle Paul was with me and saw my distress and loved me and grounded me just enough. Enough to get out that store without collapsing into a rising pile of despair in the middle of the floor at ShopRite. From that initial report, my departure from that store was a blur, a parade of fearfully paralyzing thoughts and emotions attacking, yet now I'm not even Remembered. I just know that now I know the true meaning of limbo. Then my mind went into the and I'm being punished by God to a trillion other forms of mental insanity. I went through a myriad of ups and downs, pity, fear, defeat, loneliness, and others all threatening to defeat me. I was drowning in a sea of uncertainty, God managed to allow me to see the sliver of strength needed to stabilize me. For a moment, I saw a glimpse of relief. It was gone. But it saved me from drowning in this sea of despair. And I can now better face what is ahead of me, I think. I gradually began accepting what had to be faced with my best friend, my son. We developed hope and dispelled some fear, and I have been blessed and supported by the family I have both far and near. I have reclaimed and redevoted and deepened my relationship with the most common. And yet, still, tears flood my eyes. I cannot stop those spontaneous fits when I cry. All the while, praying, Lord, please don't let me die. As the chemo begins and my glory, my hair starts to fall. Another level of angst against my soul. Something deep inside makes me feel I am no longer whole. But despite the emotions and thoughts trying to take me out, my heart of hearts tells me I have clout. I am a child of the Most High God. My salvation is guaranteed. I have to remember that God is all I need. Thank God for my mother who planted that seed. So, Cancer, you cannot wreck my life. You cannot cause me undue strife because my eternal soul is love. 
and protected by my Lord, Jesus the Christ. And peace. Wow. That was powerful. That was absolutely... You are you are very welcome. Hey, baby, are you going to read two tonight or just the one? I'm just going to do the one. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> between that, that piece and then yesterday was my mother's birthday, and that, that kind of drained me. Kind of. But I had to come out, and I just finished that piece last night while I was sitting up with my niece. So I'm sitting here with her now, right now. <laughs> Actually, and... Um, Great. <laughs> I definitely love you guys and appreciate the platform. Well, we appreciate you, sweetheart. And go go tell them you want your license plate fixed. <laughs> when I get it done, I'm going to have to take a picture and post that on your, on your web page or something. <laughs> I, I, I love you for that. I love you for that. <sighs> I keep telling uh, you that I'm pulsing. And then divine inspiration, or Mr. Divine, is who I'm striving to be. You know, it's, uh, I get a little closer, but I, I, I got a little work yet. I don't want nobody to think that I am not special because I'm just a vessel like all of us. You you are amazing. Just know that, okay? I'm so uh, glad you're here thank tonight. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, honey. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye, baby. You too. All righty. Let's go ahead and let's go back and check with – we'll just keep going back and checking with 216. 216, are you with us now? 216. See, I hear noises, but I don't hear voices. So we're going to mute them, and we will go back again. Area code 757, 757, you are on the air. Hello, this is Mr. Speaker. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, sweetie. It's good to hear from you. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely my pleasure. Tell everyone what's going on with you, what's happening, what you're writing, what you're going to share, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to share two poems. One is uh, in response to the fourth weekend, you know, Independence Day. I'm a retired soldier, so I'm going to do a military poem. And then the last one is a kind of response to, like, your first two or three callers in regard. And it's called, um, it's um, titled Judge Less and Love More. So those are the two I'm going to knock down today. So the first one is uh, Man Down. I never actually heard the shot that put my friend Katie down. There was just too much going on with explosions all around. I saw him hit the floor, blood, pain in his eyes, red. My movements caught him, and hang on is what I said. No one stopped but me. See, there was nothing that could be done. Life just kept moving, even though it was about to lose a son. I held him tight like he was my own flesh and blood, see, Maybe my presence could prevent that bullet from taking his life. Maybe my strength could help him breathe. Weigh carefully what you say to someone who was about to die. The last words he was going to hear, and I didn't want to say goodbye. 
or worse, lie. You're going to be all right. Help is coming. It's not that bad. We've been through worse. None of this was true. We need you. I'm sorry. Please don't go. This is bullshit. All of this was true. Pleading, hang on, hang in there while rocking, crying, and still lying. How on earth can you have a good day when your boy is in your arms dying? Blood flowed relentlessly as it mixed with uncontrollable salty liquids that ran from my vision, fuzzy, but battlefield smells painted an unforgettable, vivid account never to be erased. At the time of someone's death, I was told the human body gets 20 grams, 20 grams lighter as your soul departs from you. Well, it has been 12,372 days since my friend Katie died in my arms, and I know that fact is true. In peace. Wow. That was incredible. That was Thank incredible, you. sweetheart. You are welcome. You are absolutely welcome. <laughs> hey, are you going to do two? Yes. We'll do the next one. This is called Judge Less and Love More. In times like this, you know, just judge less and love more in a journey mentally. And you have the right to ask a poet, where are you actually taking me? I want to take you to a place where Palestinians and Israelis live in peace. It is the place where good news is spread and gossip and bad news are deceased. Let's go to a place where slower traffic actually stays to the right. And it is a place where people walk by faith and not by sight. This is a place where women know that they are worth more than a million grams. And it is a place where there is no road rage and there are no traffic jams. It is a place where smiles and greetings are what we all expect. And it is a place where men honor women and treat them with the utmost respect. Judge less when it comes to that foreigner who might be lost or having a hard time. Love more of those individuals who tried to feed their families by committing crimes. Love more that individual who is giving you poor customer service. Today could be her first day on the job, and her mistakes could be because she's just a little bit nervous. If you are a stay-at-home mother, or you homeschool, or maybe you are a housewife, please do not stand in judgment of others who have to work to support their life. Judge less someone's ignorance and pray his or her knowledge keeps expanding. Love more, love more through many of life's misunderstandings. Instead of trying to get even, get revenge, or settle a score, stop. Take a deep breath, then judge less and find a way to love more. In peace. <laughs> the perfect ending. Find a way to love more. That's what we need today. You know, you should have that. You should publish poetic hiccups on things, whatever you want to call them. You could take that line and have it printed on coffee cups or on T-shirts and have your a line of your poetry, Poetic Thoughts Published T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Because tell me people wouldn't want to wear that or people wouldn't want to have that on their coffee cup. That's a great message. Yeah. I'm, yeah that's I just started thought. a whole new business for you. Uh, somebody, because I'm less. Someone else can. As long as you get the profits, they can do what they want, right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. Thank you. 
You're welcome. All right, baby darling, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come show you some love. Uh, James, Mr. Speaker, Sears on, on uh, Facebook and uh, at Mr. Speaker to you on everything else, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Just look me up. Awesome. Did, was that you. one or two? Did you already read two? Is that two? I did two. I did two. Okay. All right. I, I thought so. Man. Sometimes my brain runs together. That's all right. I'm running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it stops, we're in trouble. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. So our next caller dun, 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 is the other 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, Nala, it's Tamiko Barnett. Hey, one of your neighbors just called in. <laughs> so how are you? How has your week been? Oh, it's been going good. It's it's, it's been going good, yeah. Can't take all the humidity, but I'm I'm happy. It's what area nice. do you live in? Huh? What area do you live in? Well, I'm, what? What area? What, what area? area do you oh, live in? Okay. Um in uh well, it's on Facebook, but um in in Suffolk, Virginia. Virginia would have sufficed, or the South. Mm-hmm. No, Virginia is Virginia the South? I consider the South. No. I went back yeah, east well, one they, time. They, they consider it the South, yeah. I was in Tennessee, and I've been in South Carolina, North Carolina, and I have never in my life experienced humidity like that ever. And I've lived on the West Coast all the way up into, you know, up into the Rocky Mountains all over, right? Down in, in Houston, Texas, right? Right down by Galveston Bay. So I've, I've been in hot, Utah, I've been in hot, but nothing in the world like the humidity down there. I, I got there late at night, got up early in the morning, went to a convention. It was lunchtime at the convention. I went, I was going to go outside because there was a really super old cemetery, across the street and I wanted to walk it was like all the, the little things all the they were like cement coffiny things above ground and these big elaborate tombstones and things like and it was just amazing so I wanted to go look at it and I opened up the convention doors right and stepped outside and it was like instantly someone grabbed me and shoved a hot steaming wash rag against my face and I had to breathe through it I have never experienced air like that ever so I feel your pain I, you know, when someone talks about talks about the humidity mm. in the south, in the upper south, and yeah, yeah, no. I've always heard that it it gets worse the further south you go. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've never spent any time down there during the <laughs> spring or summer months, oddly enough. So, um. Yeah, but it can get bit like that here too. So, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Kind of... One of the things that's on my bucket list what? is I want I want to go to New Orleans and see what a bayou smells like. Not a stupid <laughs> thing to have on a bucket list. In my lifetime, I want to go stand in in a bayou, Louisiana bayou, 
Right. You know, and, and smell it. I want to, you know, <laughs> down down where with with Marie Laveau. I want to stand there, and I want to know what it, I want to know what it smells like. I see mm. pictures, but I want to know what that smell. I want to know what it smell. The smell is <sighs> strange oh things on bucket God. list. <laughs> I know it's all right with this. <laughs> I wanted to go to New Orleans too, but not necessarily to smell the bayou. I just, but you know, smell some gumbo, some jambalaya. But anyway, um, <laughs> crawfish boil for the win. <laughs> uh, I don't know It's one of the places I would like to visit um, On my list of many places to go and travel But, um, yeah mm-hmm. Me too yeah, yeah. I'll go traveling Alright, what'd you bring for us tonight, love? I have one poem It is called A Flower Um, okay. Here you go. Okay, a flower. The fragrance of flowers reminds me that I have never planted or planted and cut fresh flowers of my own to be placed in a vase. That was touched by many hands before it reached mine. The seeds of my heart rest among petals. Despite the basket full of anger, bitterness, confusion, and repetitive memories of betrayal. The sun knows to shine on seeds in soil that have been touched by water. The fragrance of flowers reminds me to grow in peace. Wow. See, the same thing as our last caller. That should be on, I would buy a coffee cup with that last line. Read that again. (laughs) The last line. The mm-hmm. last line says the, um, oh God, what did I say? The anyway, fragrance of flowers. I, I know. <laughs> I was, I'm like, okay, it's my age, y'all. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the fragrance of flowers reminds me to grow. <laughs> Tell me that that would not make, that would not be an amazing coffee cup or t-shirt or bumper sticker or inspirational saying. I agree with the coffee mug. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's mm-hmm. an awesome line. All right. Yeah. So I think that we need to do that. Somebody needs to hit me up, <laughs> and and I'll hook you up with. We'll put this together, and we will start publishing poets on coffee mugs. And and coffee need- to go, or or poetry to go, and the muses in the Java. The you know that'll get y'all woke up to write. It's a perfect place to publish our poetry on freaking coffee. Why has no one thought of this, you guys? Oh, my God. Are you going to be okay? No, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. We're going going to all be rich. Why would you not publish poetry on coffee cups? Because we all sit around and drink coffee and step on light. I have done this. No, no, we're the first. This is ours. It's unique. We're doing it. We're the first? 
We are the first. We they are. didn't exist. They just they were they were just those are fake fake coffee cups. <laughs> I mean, they could have just been just regular little quotes from speeches and stuff. Yeah, like but that. they're not. They're not. They they they're they're there's cups with Mother's Day's poems on them, and there's cups with, but there's not a publishing company mm. who publishes poetry on coffee cups. So we're we're not just making coffee cups with poems on them. We're actually, we are going to take your poem and we are going to publish this line out of your poem on a coffee cup. And you now have, instead of a book, you have a, a published coffee cup. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And then mm-hmm. think about how cool it would be putting together a set of coffee cups that all look exactly the same. You know, the same style or, you know, different sets and different styles or whatever. You know, like I would want like a black coffee cup with the sentence spelt out in typewriter keys or something. You know what I'm talking about? So then you get a set of coffee cups, but give different poets, you know, you pick the line and you get it in this style of cup. We're on to something, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You just be, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. It it almost sounds like it might be something. What's, what's the name of that website? Cafe Press? Cafe Press. I think this is a more like a GoFundMe and we become entrepreneur billionaires. You really do it some other kind of way. Yeah, you said GoFundMe. We're going to put together a whole campaign. Like, okay. poetry. We are going to poet, publish poetry on things. Mm-hmm. Publish poetry on things. That's a good way to get it out there, I tell you. Very creative way to do that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine doing it on toilet paper. Seriously. When do people All have time right. to sit and read? Never. All right. No. All right. No. No. Not, not a good idea. Don't. That one's not no. good. Okay. All right. We won't go with that one. If you appreciate the poems, um, I don't want anyone wiping their butt on my poetry. You don't You're want right. nobody wiping I didn't. The poem. <laughs> did not. Did not think when that went through. Let's poo-poo that idea then. I'll say if you like the poem, I mean, unless you put it, <laughs> unless you put then people would be stealing your toilet paper. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> unless you put, in, look, unless you put in quotes by by a certain president or something like that on the toilet paper, then you probably don't really want to do that. No. <laughs> Putting certain little special quotes out there about um, mean, ignorant people. <laughs> you know, po- poets write with pens, don't they? Right? Pens. Yeah, pens. Ink, pens. We write with what ink pens. So, so what, <laughs> if, what if we had, like, lines of poetry on a pen and then the, mm. po- the poet's website on the other side of the pen? And so then we have all these pens that have neat things and and. I'm I'm saying we do it, you guys. Right, somebody, I'm the idea no, person. No, if someone else no. wants to do the hard work, get a hold of me. Not, and we'll... not the pens. No, no, I don't like pens. I don't like the poems on the pen. I like them on. That's kind of cheesy bank like, right? No, I mean you could. I don't know about ink pens though. I mean I like the coffee mug. I like maybe t-shirts. That's definitely a good one. Um, what about mouse pads? Maybe. Maybe a line or something on some bumper stickers. 
you know, like you have the journals that you write in and do your writing yeah. prompts and things like that, you know, a little quote on the front of a journal. There's so many ways to go about that, but the ink pen, though, I don't know, buttons. How about windshield cards? Windshield cards. Yeah, so when you're walking down the street, you can just randomly ticket someone with a poem. That's almost like your idea of... um. Rock that poem. The rock the poem thing. Yeah, that's what we get ready to say with the cards. Now, the card, that's a good idea. I like that. That, that that's would like be another way to do rocking that. a poem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a good way to do it though. I always remember <laughs> that idea because it was so unique though. And um, I said, okay, that that's a very unique way of getting the poem out there. So, no. if you guys don't right. know what we're talking about, I told everyone to take print out one of their poems and tie it to a rock with twine and, and drive through neighborhoods and throw them through windows and share your poetry with people. Yeah, so, yeah that one never really did take off. She didn't say window. That's not what she said. She said <laughs> just to place them somewhere, like if you sitting on the bench or if you just go somewhere and just put it down somewhere where somebody might find it. She did not say nothing about throwing things into windows. Oh, yeah, I was if doing it wrong this do whole time. Then, no wonder it didn't take off, right? If, if you do, then it means that, you know, you have finally tipped over the edge. Remember I said that back. sometimes poetry will hit you between the eyes like a rock? Oh, God. <laughs> that one hit me like a brick between the eyes, yeah. yeah. How'd, you like mm-hmm. that? How'd you like that poem, buddy? Yeah, whatever. Okay, so. All right, no. how, how to find you, honey. <laughs> that is the end to a bad reality show. That's what that would be. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Tamiko, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett with an E on the end. I have a poetry soup page, poetrysoup.com forward slash M-E, me, forward slash T A M E K O, the number one and the number three, and um, it's poems and some some little articles that I wrote on there too. And um, there's some other poems and writings out there by me, like on TimBook2.com and uh, some other random places. So you can Google my name. You might also find me on the Tamiko L. Barnett with my middle initials so, as well. So, yep, that's how you find me. And thank <laughs> you for this lively conversation. Don't throw no more rocks at people's window. <laughs> oh, fine. Or try to, just... encu- trying to encourage others to do so. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because there's so many ideas that sound good in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, really I'm just do? kidding. You guys all know that I really am just kidding. Honey, appreciate yeah, talking to you. you. <laughs> we'll see you next week, okay? All right. Bye, hon. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 506. 506, you are on the air. Hi. Hey, sweetie, how are you? I can barely hear you. Not you sound a million miles away. 
Like you sound like you're in Canada. Is this better? That is much better. Now you sound okay. next door. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm calling from Canada, and um, uh, Gina suggested that I call in tonight, and I think it's the first time I've called into your show, and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I'm really happy you're here. Now that you're here, you're family, so you have to come back all the time. Okay, thanks. Um, I've got a couple of poems. I have um, one that's a tribute to Elvis, um, and I have another one that's just kind of a fantasy genre of um, um, just sort of dreamy-like fantasies. And um, I'll start with Elvis, if that's okay. Please. The world didn't know... This is actually, it's called... um, Sock hops and blue suede shoes. The world didn't know the king was born on January 8, 1935. Tupelo, Mississippi was where it began. Elvis Aaron Presley born showman. Gospel music heard in church each Sunday. They sat in pews of white birch, rooted deep in gospel, white country and black rhythm and blues, blended together he rocked, he created rock and roll, and the world would never be the same. Elvis begged us to love him tender, pleaded when he said, don't be cruel. Sock hops went wild and the boys wore blue suede shoes. They whispered in our ears, you are always on my mind, and we fell. We couldn't help falling in love, even if it meant a trip to Heartbreak Hotel. Gyrating hips, he made jail look like a vacation trip. He could have been, had any woman on the planet. Peggy Lipton, Elvira, Sybil Shepherd, and Anne Margaret, to name a few. Famous women learned Elvis was an innocent boy from Tupelo. He filled arenas and concert halls. Girls screamed and cried at them all. Ed Sullivan had him on his variety TV show. The cameraman was ordered not to show him from the waist down, and every church community was scandalized by his sensual exhibitions. Records, movies, concert TV shows abound, yet he was lonely, filled with life, Filled his life with drugs. No one could say no to him. He was too far gone. The king lay dead on the cold bathroom floor. And the world came to a stop. He was out of pain. And we grieve his loss even today. Yes, I'm lonesome tonight. I miss you tonight. I'm sorry you had to depart. My heart's filled with pain. You can't come back again. Yes, my dear, I am lonesome tonight. End poem. Ah. You know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember who I was talking with, but, you know, how there's an end to this magical magical time of superstars. Yeah. I mean, think about the girls that went and saw Elvis back in the day, you know, would be so crazy screaming that they would pass out. Can you mm-hmm. imagine our kids, our generation going to a concert now, all dressed up beautifully and screaming so hysterically because they see someone on stage that they pass out. That doesn't happen. You know, we have no, lost no. the starstruck. We have lost, you know, the, the eras that knew the superstars, I think, in that capacity, in that way, are gone. Yeah. 
you know. True. It's true. There's the and you know I find that um, in the music industry in particular, um, in my generation, anyways, um, that they don't make that music anymore. I was a child of the late '60s, and the music was a time when we came together in a huge way, and mm-hmm. um, people, you know, when I think of the anti-war movement, the Vietnam War, and you know, as a young girl, 12, 13 years old, and and I remember watching the news and thinking, like, why can't it just, why can't they just bring those guys home, you know? And and the horror of war was really shown with that war because they televised it. They had the cameras over there, and uh, and and the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King. And I remember watching that avidly as a young person and becoming um, very um, hopeful that we would end all the craziness and end the prejudice and and everybody would live happily ever after. And it sounds silly to say that, but it hasn't, you know, I I think today, uh, today's society, and I think how Martin Luther King would be just devastated, you know, because, and and we, and the people that gathered were thousands. Everyone stood up for what was right. And today, you know, there aren't many that will stand up and be be seen and be spoken or be heard, excuse me. And I think that that's missing in today's society that we're too afraid of what the consequences are to standing up. People lost their lives because they stood up for what they believed in. And so I, I feel that there's, we can all, and I heard you say too earlier, it's up to all of us, every single one of us, to join hands and, and start over. I feel very strongly about that, and I believe it can be done. Mhm. You know, babies babies aren't born knowing hate. That's right. If one baby if one baby cries, they all cry. Mhm. Prejudice and hate are taught. Yep. Absolutely. Mhm. Yep. Yep. All right, and your second piece, my darling. It's called "She Sees Her Reflection," and it's a a, a picture image of. A woman, and on the wall are 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 uh, tilted pictures of butterflies. And here it goes. And this is called uh, "She Sees Her Reflection." Images of loved ones adorn the walls. They cannot hear her call. Stripped of her stained glass wings, weeping, she no longer sings. Purple panes now cashmere dress sees her reflection. She wept. Tears fall on satin skin, they burn, but not like the pain she's in. Human form of beauty born, metamorphosis transforms. Taking flight, she mourns her plight. Weak, she cannot fight. No more to flit and flutter, sipping nectar from flower cups of butter. Kaleidoscope colors, burnt orange and black, of turquoise and lilac. Gone are the days when children wonder about flying in, around, and under. What do the gods of rainbow colors want of this reborn stunner? Her mission was to teach those hardened hearts the beauty of fine arts. Color wheels like capri blue, Irish green, Arabian red, the gods reveal. With canvas brush and tinted hues of all shades of Persian blue, children sat at her feet in awe they watched and dared to dream. Create joy with paint, show the beauty of the moon. Papillon, dainty and delicate, now immortally perfect. And poem. Wow. I am so glad you came and shared tonight. 
Thank you. Thank Absolutely you incredible. You are very welcome. Cannot wait to see what you bring back and share again. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it was wonderful to meet you as well. Make sure everybody knows how to come find you, can come visit, get to know you and your work better before you come um, back here and share again. Okay. I go by the pen name Lady A, and you can find me on allpoetry.com. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, thank you, and we will see you thank next you week. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Bye-bye. Absolutely great job. All right. I'm going to go ahead and check with 216. 216, are you with us yet? Okay. Going to go back down now and check with area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Hello, 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 hey, 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 hey. Hey, Granville, how are you, sweetheart? Oh, I'm great, I'm great. I'm great this evening. Fourth of July weekend coming up. A lot of things happening in this world. Unprecedented stuff. So how are you, my dear? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Sounds like uh, it's a lot, a lot going there. You know, uh, yeah, you know, a lot happening. And I was gonna read this. I wrote this poem here back in 2016. I've never performed it, but I, but I posted it up. But I think that now is the appropriate time to read it. The poem is about the police. Okay. It's about the police. Put it back in 2015 after looking at a, a interview with with uh, Baltimore Baltimore Police Chief Kevin Davis. He was on I think it was Good Morning America, and he made a statement and he just gave me some clarity. And I wrote this poem. It is called Kevin Davis, PTSD. The police, the police. Let us talk about the police. Let us us talk about the elephant in the room. Is he his brother's keeper or is he his brother's killer? Let us talk truths and expose the elephant in the room. It is a volatile situation when men must arbitrate men. The flawed to discipline the flawed. It is a combustive proposition. Love is not innate within us. It had to be commanded that we love. And love is the most productive emotion on the face of God's green earth. Even where it is earthbound, where grass grows not. Who wants to be a police? Who wants to be a police? Not many, but a few. 
motley crew. It is not many to choose from. The men knows better. It's a thin line between being brave and being foolish. So the wolves comes in with the shepherd and things goes amiss. The protection of the flock compromised. Sometimes the wolf in shepherd clothing comes in handy when protecting the flock. Not so good when he starts eating the sheep. But men must be policed as fairness becomes them hardly and the injustices to each other becomes war and bloodletting and must be protected from themselves. The police, the pillars of democracy, we love to see them when our lives are in are threatened and in danger. The decadence that he faces daily is not good for anyone's sanity. He sees up close and personal the worst in men and how close we are to anarchy. This is not game of thrones, but they are the but they are the men in blue and watches the wall. I would not want his job. The inhumanities he bears witness to will threaten anyone's well being. They are rules of engagement in war. No rules of engagement here. The police suffers PTSD. The police suffers PTSD. When he straps on his gun, it is not for show. So when confronted by the police, let your every action assure him that he will have no need for his weapon. The man is under stress and bearing arms. Apply to his humanity, for he is a brother, some mother's son, some woman's husband, some child's father, who only wants for daddy to come home. Soft and soft words turn out to be wrath. So before he becomes what he came to prevent, I look forward to a day when we can say, I don't think we need to be policed anymore. And now that mankind is truly his brother's keeper, let us pay them to stay at home. And when the children ask why and who or what was the police, we can gladly say, I will tell you, but it is a sad story. Thank you. You are very welcome. That was phenomenal, sweetheart. Thank you. Yeah, it was back in 2015. I, I, you know, I, when, when I heard Kevin Davis talking, and I realized, you know, it is, it's, you know, I hear a lot of talk about uh, defunding the police. Mm-hmm. And 
people, 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 your, your, look, a lot of people come to this country for one reason, more than any other reason, that have rights. And certain protection is, is presented to them, and that's why they come to this country, because they have rights, you know, and, 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 and it's the police that makes democracy work, you know, because you, you can't beat up your wife or your woman or your child. Otherwise, otherwise they're going to come and get you. And you know that, you know, people have rights around mm-hmm. here. So, you know, it's, yeah, you know, so it's, you know, it's, you know, the reform can be done and, you know, but, you know, it, you know, you, you can, you know, you, they, they're going to be injustice. And if there's injustice, then you're gonna need people who who can make who can measure justice and make sure the make sure the peace is kept. So, you know, may saying a lot of other things is not happening and things haven't gone overboard, but you know, it, it is it is time for you it's like they say. You cannot throw throw the baby with the water. You know? You can't, mm-hmm. you can't, when you don't, yeah, you can't throw the baby out with the water. Maybe, maybe there is infractions that the police have, have committed, but that don't, that don't make them, you know, unnecessary, you know? And, and I, I wrote the poem there so, so people could understand that, you know, when a man gets up in the morning and he put on a gun and he goes to work, you know, he, he, he didn't, he didn't put on a gun just for, you know, when he put on his gun, you know, there's a possibility that he might have to use it, which, which, which I'm pretty certain that that he wish he won't. But life is not perfect, and like Abraham Lincoln said, we must work for a more perfect union. The 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 experiment is still in process, and we're still trying to. It is. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah, we got yeah, I'll work for that more perfect union. Very good words. Amazing poem. Awesome sentiment. Great wisdom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. All right, sweetheart, tell everyone how to find you. You can find me at on Facebook Grandville John Hedrington. Facebook, Instagram and and oh Amazon. Poetry for Thought, book two and three is on, is on over there. And most downloading, most downloading mediums, um, I'm all, you know, I like to think I'm all over. I don't check too much, but Granville John Hedrington, H-E-D-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, Granville, G-R-A-N-V-I-L-L-E, John Hedrington. Check me out. Look for the li- look for the lion logo <laughs> with the red, gold, and green. Yep. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Great job tonight, baby. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice. Nice. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. Bye, bye, sweetie. Bye, bye. I try to keep my comments to the minimum. Thing is, how I'm a yapper. I want to make sure I get everybody on. We've got. Two, three, four, five callers left. We've got 30 minutes to go. We do have some callers. Oh, no, we got more than that. 
Oh, holy crap. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven callers. And then we have area code 407 285, uh, or excuse me, 585. And then the next number is two. This now. Okay, so 407 585 and 202. You guys are not in the lineup. So if any of the three of you want to come on the air, 407 585 202. Press one. That'll let me know that it's okay to bring you on. If you heard just listening, appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out. If you decide and change your mind anytime and you want to read, press one at any time, and that will put you into the lineup. So let's go ahead and grab area code. Uh, was it 215 next? 215. Hey, what's going on? Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, listening into your show right here. Enjoying everything I'm hearing. You know, shout out to the speakeasy. It's awesome to have you here. I don't know where you are or how you have us on the call right now, but the sound effects and the 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 reverb, the the sound quality sounds really awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just a regular phone. <laughs> you sound good. All right. That's good. Yeah, this is uh, this is Kane Spade, uh, CEO, over there at the DSR Firing Seven 1.3 Network. No, I called you. Uh, called you before a little while ago. That was my first time. Now I'm checking y'all out again. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're here. Hey, thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. And I uh, see y'all got a lot of people, so I'm going to give you all this peace, and uh, I'm going to get out of the way. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, the name ready of this piece. All right. Yeah, the name of this piece is called uh, What America, and that's America with three Ks. image fucked with me. See, I saw this image of good old Uncle Sam with his his ass was being kissed by a pig in a police uniform with a gun aimed at a little black child, little boy. So I'm going to say this image fucked with me. As it doesn't matter what age you are, when black in America, you'll be warped by racial scars. Lives get taken driving your own car. I called the police while black asking for help. Why do I become the target, the perpetrator, when just asking for help? Not all, but the majority boys in blue can't be trusted but yet revered as the most notorious gang in the good old USA, I mean America. I mean you damn pigs, I mean P-I-G, yes, the abbreviation I use as punk-ass idiotic government services. Black Lives Matter, posted on T-shirts and banners. While undercover white supremacists hiding behind badges and no official titles laugh and say it still don't matter. 
Pause for a minute, I get lost in my own pigment. Love the skin I live in. Racist fools out here act like being African American is a sin. Black on black wars, oh, these motherfuckers can't wait for it to begin. Spilling so much black on black blood, now that's a sin. It's 2020, this year so far has been far from a fucking win. They want you. They want us to stay in ignorance. Keep your mask off and thin the herd. The CDC, shit. They want us all to forget what you heard. Got me thinking, why is this so-called president so confident and never wears a mask? Is he already vaccinated and spews nonsense just to corrupt the masses? Why the only way we get taken serious, I mean, damn. When we turn to violence and looting and burning down stores and businesses. I mean, that shit got me all messed up. Especially when you lose sight of the cause. That last transaction deserved no applause. We got fools out here quick to say, well, at least they had balls. Cut the bullshit. As the end result caused more blacks to lose their jobs. Long story short. Back to the agenda, though. As all undercover racist sons of bitches manifested when Trump's ass entered the office, go ahead and say I'm lying. And as we bicker, more and more black-on-black blood is spilled. The chaos will ensue as a second wave of disease is forthcoming. But But ignore me. I say don't. I say uh, they think I don't know shit. Party act like the world remains unscathed, and I'll say this, make America great again by kissing my ass because I was never a slave, and that's always from DSR all damn day. That, where did he go? Where'd he go? I'm still here. Are you there? Oh, it's like, got really quiet. I thought we lost you. That was, I cannot tell you, you know, I cannot tell you how many bullets you had in that piece. You know, and I almost hesitated to use that analogy, but I think it's absolutely perfectly the right analogy. You know, how many bullets? Because I think that the only way things are going to change is if someone starts firing back. But we can't pick up guns, can we? We can't just go around and shoot people. You know, we get in trouble for that. But these That's bullets, true. these bullets, they, they, you know, someone shoots you in the arm, you got a hole in your arm. And you're going to end up with a scar. And you're going to forget all about it until some chick looks at it and thinks it's sexy, right? But <laughs> you shoot someone with a bullet in the form of words. There's no cure for that. There's no, you don't heal from that. So when you say you, you hit somebody with all these PowerPoints, these, you know, your, your entire poem was written like that. You know, there's things that you can't make go away once you hear them, I guess. Does that make sense? understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, that was definitely a deep feedback. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't use bullets. I use consciousness in my words just to spread a message to let people start thinking about what's going on around them. But they hit you in your soul like a bullet. They make that impact. They make you feel that. I mean, you feel the impact of the words. 
physically as if you you know as as if they're you know there's there there's the touch I just impressive to me I loved it thank you Hey thank you Nala you know I definitely try to check y'all out the next time y'all on so uh thanks for having me Absolutely our pleasure and please whenever you have time you are very welcome here Yes indeed one love one mic Good night, sweetheart. Appreciate you. Fantastic job. All right. So our next call, was that 215? No. What number was that? Oh, I have to check now. 215, have you been on the air? Yeah, that was me. I just hit it. Okay. All right. I didn't mark it. Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, babe. All right. Fantastic. All right, next caller. Now I got I'm back where I belong. Now we have eight nine eight four. Nine eight four you're on the air. What's up, Nyla? Hey sweetie, how are you? I'm good. Hold on hold on one second. Hey bro. Walk, man. Walk walk and talk. Thank you. I love you, bro. Hey, uh how are you doing? Doing absolutely awesome. How are you, Glenn? I'm good. I'm good. Very good. You know, I mean, as bad as things are, you got to find a reason to say good. I mean, really, you know, mm-hmm. you got a lot of rant poetry coming on tonight. You sound like mm-hmm. 10 poets back in the day. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> we were fucking banging that shit up. You know, we were fucking like we were monsters, you know, and you're, you're, you're so getting a little bit like that. But, you know, the funny thing about it is when, Dissidents comes out, poets come out, mm-hmm. and they just can't stop their mouth, you know. I and do know. That's 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 fucking a great thing, you know. I mean, a rant is a rant, but a rant can, you know, it might change somebody's mind. I don't know, you know. I, I have a I have a whole lot of like uh, conspicuous uh, uh uh, suspicious of like you know, can poetry really change somebody's mind? You know, I don't know if it's supposed to, and I don't know if that's our job, and I don't know if that's what we're doing. You know, I don't, I don't think. Well, if I think that our goal as writers on things like this, on things of this nature, we're not going to change someone's mind, but if we can make them think, that is that is, I think the the ultimate. That should be the ultimate goal. Is not to change their that, mind that, because what if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? That, exactly, and you're you always going to be wrong because so, you're never going to be right. Because if you can write in a way always, that makes people, people think, think there's two sides think, to everything. There's yeah. there's not two sides to everything. There's fucking multiple sides. This is a fucking matrix, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the best thing we can do is just write our words and and get them out there somehow. Um, now we're doing it through social media, you know, through SoundCloud, through, you know, Instagram, Twitter, other things, you know. But the bottom line is, um, really, I don't think it comes down to changing people's minds anymore. That's what I was after with 10K Poets, you know. I was like, you know, fuck. If I Glenn, I have, to stop you. Stop- I have to stop you for a second. And it's for such a mundane, stupid-ass, trivial thing. You'll probably be angry, but, you know, we are what we are. You said something, and it made me think. You know how trains of thought work, right? 
you know, you're talking yeah, about, you yeah. know, we have ways, we have ways to communicate now. We've got like Twitter and, and such. And instantly I thought, what if Shakespeare had Twitter? What would Shakespeare tweet? Right? So I want to throw an impromptu writing assignment out there. I want you to pick somebody in history and write a piece about someone in history, what their tweets would be. If Shakespeare tweeted type of thing. Okay, go ahead, Glenn. I'm sorry. I just didn't want to forget and it would have gone away. He's talking to that guy. Are you still there, Glenn? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, hi. So, what was the prompt? Well, when you wrote that, I instantly, I don't know why, I don't remember why now, but my brain went to, what if Shakespeare tweeted? What if they had tweet back when Shakespeare was around? What would oh, Shakespeare yeah, have okay. tweeted? So, pick somebody from the past, our ancient past, our past whatever, when tweets or computers did not exist, and, you know, what would the tweets be like if if Henry VIII tweeted? Or what would tweets Man. be like if Eve tweeted? Or, you know. Or what would, what would history be like? Because, I mean, that could have changed history to the nth degree with that kind, with that kind of access. See, people think freedom is the, uh, the availability of money, but that's not really right. What's the true freedom is the ability to travel and communicate. Anytime you want to go any place you want to, that's true freedom. It's not monetaryism. Mm-hmm. It's not capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's not fucking socialism. It's not independency. It's not the Green Party. It's not the Tea Party. It's not libertarians. It's none of that. It's just being able to be a human being, okay, and be the best human being that you can be, and be able to travel anywhere you want to, so you can pick up languages and so you can learn from other cultures and. And, you know, granted, some of those cultures are going to get wicked, you know, but it's like, you know, pull your skirt up, boy, you know, move the fuck on, you know, there ain't no reason for you to stay there if you don't like it, you know, so just, you know, I mean, this is one thing I've never seen in politics is the ability to, you know, I'm going to give you the ability to travel freely through the world. Let a politician say that never's going to happen. Never, not going to happen. You know, there I go ranting. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what'd you bring us to read tonight, love? All right. So I'm going to do qu- two quick pieces. Right. Um, first one is, uh, I think the world was meant to be like this: suffering. The ones that do pay graciously to separate themselves from their demons. Instead of maneuvering through the dark by the day of the light. I think we all have a lot of pain. Tried, tested, true, positive. I think until we come down and lighten ourselves from narcissism, until the ego stops stepping, searching for fame, our numbers will continue to diminish. I think the world was meant to be like this. A little pleasure little pain and we allow stand and be corrected I think the world is meant to be like this suffering instead of maneuvering through the light of the day it's called I think the world my name is Vince Still that was awesome you know I love the way that 
I've always admired the way that you write about humanity in a very unapologetic way, you know, and you kind of really hit us hard with our flaws and own our flaws, you know, without an excuse, but with an understanding of, you know, this is what it is. Don't pretend like it's something else. You know, you've never been one to sugarcoat or to write politely. And I really appreciate and admire that about you as a writer. I definitely do not have a fuss. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think Shakespeare in his day was proud of fucking either. You know? He, no, you know. In fact, I was going to use I was going to use a Shakespeare reference, but I thought you would think that was kind of corny. Shakespeare, no. if you really look at his work, was a master at being a total dick and fucking people in the brains and having them say thank you, sir, after doing it. He poked. So much fun at we're our supposed, flaws we're supposed, we're and our, our off this show, bro. I'm sorry. Seriously, <laughs> no, I, you know, he, I seriously called I mean, us out for him all and, of our him, horribleness. Him and Hemingway, him and Hemingway and Bukowski, and like a lot of people try to compare me to Bukowski, but we're not the same. You know, I write my shit, he wrote his shit. You know, but his delivery and the way that it was projected was like, you know, I just don't give a fuck about you. Thank you for showing up, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, but the shit that he wrote and read was in some of his, like, campus uh, series, you know, in L.A., were just fucking remarkable because he just had that attitude, like, you know, I'm a fucking poet. I work at the mail. I, w- I work for fucking the U.S. Postal Service during the day. I get drunk at night, and I wrote poetry. Now shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> like, how can you get any better than that? Seriously. Agreed. All right, darling. And Shakespeare. All right, so let me let me do this other one. This is a little bit more uh uh this is a little bit more squirrely. I have oh. a scurry of squirrels. <laughs> okay. I have a scurry of squirrels. Six or eight. I feed them two times a day. If I don't, they let me know that I failed to provide. I have one opossum, a young one. She, he rolls around around 4.30-ish, 5.30 or so, waiting for scraps. Then I get the wicked heavenly birds, one in particular, of all colors and calls. If I don't put sunflower seeds out for them, they don't sing to me. They cry. But that one bird will literally face me down and go, what's up, man? What's up with you, man? What the fuck is up with you, man? You're losing your stride. My best friends aren't human. I'm part of the hive. Completely zen. Never going back to that city on the hill, going to seek, ask, and find from voices I have become convenient with. Learning new languages. My best friends are not human. It's called My Best Friends Aren't Human. My name is Von Sill. Fantastic job, Glenn. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Google me, Facebook. I mean, that's why I basically lodge now, Facebook, you know, but you can Google me on SoundCloud and, you know, I'm out there. I stopped my ego from stepping to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs to be famous? We just need to be heard. I don't know. You're you're pretty Uh, famous. You've been been reading poetry to the world for years, so... That's more than most poets can say. 
All right, I'll we will talk to you next week. I die. The day I die, I'll, when I die, I'll read my last poem. I swear to God. I don't give a fuck who's around me. I'm like, uh, just give but me I a fucking like. <laughs> the day you die huh? is not the day your last poem will be read. Just so you know. I'm, oh, I, no, that's my promise but, to you. <laughs> it'll be the last poem I re- write, you know, but I'll be writing till the day I die. But literally, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll go, oh, fuck, we found this poem on his fucking phone. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you know, he's writing the poem and he had a heart attack. You know, I don't know. I ain't worried about it already anyway. All right, man, get to your other people. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, Glenn. Thank you. Great job tonight, honey. All right. I love you, girl. Love you, too. <laughs> Bye-bye, sweetie. All right. We are going to be going into overtime, it looks like. I'm going to give the lineup so you kind of know where you are right now. We've got nine minutes left on the show. You can call in 646-595-3965. Here the show. After this nine minutes and 14 seconds is up, we will still be broadcasting just not over the live stream, and this will all be in the archives as well. So our callers are in this order. We have 540-832-815 and 863-503-202. Unless I've gotten, I don't know, my board's gotten kind of screwy. So if I bring you on and you've already read, let me know. All right, but we'll we'll try to get to you quickly. We're going to be doing just one poem. And I'm going to keep my comments at the very, very minimum. I promise. Here we go. Five four zero. You're on the air. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, how are you how doing? Are you doing awesome. I'm doing fine. You... Good to hear from you. you Introduce know, yourself to everyone. Mr. Automatic Charismatic. As it's uh, as it's been uh, calling you in a while. You know, I said, Paul it is good to yeah. hear from you. What do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? Um, I was doing one of two things. Um, that's why I want to have a little fun tonight. Okay. So, I mean, I was doing one of two things. Because uh, uh, I want to... You give me a title of my phone, and then that's the name of my phone. If I do in two, you give me a title of each of both of them. You're you're cutting out. You need me to do what? Give me a title of my phone, and that's what be my phone. Send you the title. Send send you the title to the phone. Name a title. Oh, name a title. Name a title. Um, well, let's go with one of our prompts from the beginning of the show. I always give out four prompts, so let's grab one of those. Um, teaching the stone. Teaching the stone? Teaching, like you're a teacher. Teaching and stone like a rock. Teaching the stone. That's a good okay. one for you. I, I do have a little baby. You might hear a little baby in the background because I got my niece right here. That's perfectly fine. May I ask your attention? May I make the acquisition? May I be a part of your vision? You see, I need you to listen to the message that I'm ready to send you. Take you to another universe, another time to express 
I need you to gravitate. The words shall coming, thunder rolling. See if my words be in stone, they I teach in the stone. That's concrete, that should never be beaten. Spoke like the waves that are going back and forth. As long as I can give you the valuable resource, a time for you to listen, a time for you to sit there and take everything that I have to say. There's no delay when it comes to the knowledge. A time to increase another level. To speak into existence. I'll take your mind to the distance and show no resistance. A time to verify for what you qualify. I teach you the stone. The words are so powerful, like words falling off the cliff. Go right into your mind. You see the cliff, you're walking toward, and you're falling into knowledge to repair everything that you have learned. Now you learn more to be valuable. Let your chances increase. You see, everything is there for you. Teaching in the stone. This automatic charismatic. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome, awesome. Okay, sorry, I couldn't hear you. I didn't know if you were done or not. I heard right at the end, and then you said automatic, charismatic, and then I couldn't hear anything else, so I didn't know if you'd stop talking oh. or not. Fantastic job. You get you get A-plus for being able to just grab that and run. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I love to be found. And, and, and that's how I grow. You know, and um, I brought myself and I'm challenged. Yeah. So that's it, why it, I... I, I you know, and I have fun with it. Um, yeah, like you just gave me a uh, a name on my phone, and and it was a challenge for me. You hear me? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Okay, I got you back. Sorry, I've got something going on with my board, honey, and I keep losing you. Do me a favor before I can't hear you again and tell everyone how to find you. Uh, you can find me at Viper Network. Um, I'm a patent. I'm from And I, I do website development uh, for uh, people. I'm uh, for science movement. Um, and I, I have a, a lot of pages. Most of my notable pages are um, conscious of what's going on as far as like civil rights and things like of that nature. So I'm, I'm constantly doing. Well, you can find the Larry Shepherd, and you can Google me as this automatic charismatic. You can actually Google me with that name. 
Very cool. All right, honey, great job. Appreciate you being here so much, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, uh, you know what? They know. You know I love, but you know what? What? I like Naughty Nyla. That's a good name, Naughty Nyla. <laughs> <laughs> I like Naughty Nyla. <laughs> That's who I like. <laughs> you know, she's a good girl. She's a good girl with a bad side. There's things I've written and things I've got out there that I would never let you know about just because of that. <laughs> I'd never, oh. I'd never hear, it. I'd never live it down. Well, All right, hon. One day, well, I'll, one day I hope. <laughs> just ask Naughty Nyla, bring Naughty Nyla to yourself. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, sweetie. We will talk to you soon, Larry. Thank you so much, honey. Great job tonight. Uh, All right. Thank you, baby. All right. Well, We're going to go ahead and grab area code 832. 832, you're on the air. 815. We'll go back and get 83. 815, you are on the air. 815. Can you guys even still hear me? All right. Meeting 815. So let's try 863. 863, you are on the air. I'm not sure if you guys can still hear me or not. I don't know what's going on. I can't hear anybody. I, I don't know what's going on. So I am going to try area code 216. 216, you're on the air. 202. 202, can you hear me? Anybody? I'm muting everybody. So I don't even know if I'm still broadcasting. I'm going to have to end the show here. I don't know what's going on, you guys. Appreciate you all being here tonight. Love you very much. If you didn't get on to read, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on with the show. Um, As soon as the live feed ended, I lost everything here. So I'm going to play a track to end the show with. I talked, uh, we had Spicy call in earlier and she read a piece. So I've got this piece that Spicy wrote and it was produced and read by Diamond J. So we're going to close the show with that. To see you all here next week, I will figure out what's going on with the board. Love you guys and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everybody. Once again, here's your boy Diamond J. Who's speaking on behalf of Spicy, who got something to say. This time she's talking about something beautiful. Something beautiful still remains. The sight of a moonlit serenade that gently touches the emotions. Noticing how the trees that sway under a lit sky as we watch this serenade of how we danced in the twilight hours. So much of you lends yourself to me as I did the same. For hours, we seem to be in the same frame of a silent movie as if we were. 
Always hearing the sounds of the harp and xylophone as we pass. Watching as the beauty still remains in this. Affairs come and go, but still, something beautiful remains. This beauty is what we brought from two souls that run through the rivers, that run deep into our entities. Just as you thought you saw the beauty in the disasters of me. How the gentleness of kind words parted my Red Sea. As I waved the clouds away, what I saw was something that only a blind man could feel in his spirit. The more that it came to be, the more I can't let go. Signs of our heart gave to the beauty she became, just as it gave to him being her protector. Learning that she could value him for his, seeing that he could value her for her culture. Reaching for two souls to become one. Seeing how the beauty passed through more than the stars above, they also pass over. So many times we are graced with the sun that adorns us with its rays. In the same way, we frown upon the water that falls and feeds the grass and flowers. But what still lingers is the beauty within. The further we got into our own waves, it drew us closer together. We found that our beauty comes in different areas, picturing when they meld together, how it would be the simplicity of something beautiful, something beautiful that still remains, like me and Spicy. Diamond J and Spicy. My voice, her words, put them together, you have something beautiful that will still remain.